back in here with me. Here you go, Bert. Out. If you want out. <laughs> Birdie's still in here. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 146. It has been a chaotic night, but we, we made it happen. I'm the latest one tonight. I'm sorry about that, guys. I am joined by some resident homies. We are, miss we are missing Casey and Joseph tonight. They're globetrotting somewhere. Having Japan and there. Germany or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But we got a killer fill-in. As a resident homie tonight, we got Carrie Gear in the house. What's going on, fellas? Yeah, I'm, dude. Glad yeah. to have you, brother. That's uh, always somebody that I love doing podcasts with, and it's always a great time when you're on. And we decided to do something different tonight because Casey and Joseph were traveling. Uh, we were trying to come up with ideas, and actually Carrie was with me last weekend up in Rockland. And we're brainstorming, and I was like, "Hey, dude, we talk about your brothers, your brothers that are writing and making movies." I watched the movie. You know, you guys have seen the movie too. Um, why not branch out a little bit on this thing and and talk to some guys outside of music? Which <laughs> I know we're gonna end up getting into music too, because I know some some backstories with uh, Darren, your your kid, your your son, right? He's a shredder. He's a, my son is a shredder. Yes. And Jeff <laughs> and I videos. Both have a musical past ourselves and both still do music. And so, yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah, dude. So I want to get into what it was like growing up in the gear household. And also <laughs> what's cool about you guys is uh, and Jeff backstory as well. I've, I know that you're not a true gear, but you are part of the gear brothers. Dude. I'm like a Ramon, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it was a ramon gear yeah i can't remember which ramon wasn't a ramon but it was all but one <laughs> yeah, there were no dude. real ramones at well, the there was end. no real ramones, I know that. Right? yeah <laughs> yeah we're no, all gears dude. at the end of the day dude this whole it's just a whole podcast full of gears at this point that's, yeah. that's all well, yeah, anthony gear grind my gears you guys can grind my gears all night <laughs> no but for real this is really cool dude i'm excited about this um you know, from uh, being a writer, I'd like to hear what it's like to be a writer in a different perspective from a different perspective. You know, I'm more poetic and blah, 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 blah. You guys really open up worlds and shit like that. So I'd, I want to get into all of that. Um, but first, we got to do some plugs and shit. But yeah, Darren and Jeff are with us tonight. Um, I didn't say your guys's name, but yeah. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having us, guys. We're so happy to be here. Hell yeah, oh, yeah. dude. We got, yeah, dude. We got death metal and horror movie conversations that we can have, <laughs> dude. I'm, I'm so excited about tonight. <laughs> um, Let's run through the right. plugs kind of quick. 
Yeah. Battleforgecoffee.com, the homies and deeds of flesh. Mike, uh, exhumed, <clears throat> is exhumed with, no, they're going to, they're not on tour right now. They just got back. <laughs> Mike actually is not on that, uh, tour. He was at home, but the homie, uh, shit, I, I shouldn't have brought that up. I'm forgetting names now. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> cartel.com Buy a shirt, oh. two shirts from us. I, smoked a couple bowls before this and i'll be smoking more soon um <laughs> generator rehearsal studios.com that's uh socal rehearsal spot that you should be going to and supporting they got a place for you and that's all of them oh we, let's plug the retaliators dude woo yeah, where can people go see The Retaliators, the movie that you guys wrote together? Yeah, you can uh anybody can go on Amazon Prime right now. We are on Amazon Prime. Um anywhere where you buy and rent movies, uh we're on VOD everywhere. And we are we're really stoked we're coming to Tubi on September 15th. We're going to have a big exclusive um uh, release on there and so that uh, that's exciting too we just dropped in germany and we've got a bunch of countries that we're rolling out soon too so but amazon oh, yeah. prime would be the spot right now killer is the german one a dub or is it uh subtitles have we seen Good the german one yet question it is they did a language um no it's not a uh it, it's done in german with uh i'm trying to think they they did them all in different languages so i know we did um we, i know we had to turn in parts of the script to get yeah it's 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 done in uh a bunch of a bunch of different languages so uh, and now i'm curious now i gotta pull up uh german amazon amazon prime or whatever <laughs> yeah amazon. yeah jeff and i were just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DOS retaliators. <laughs> do, That's exactly do, how do they have their own dot over there? It's a dot uk dot co dot uk. Okay, okay. Deutschland. So, do you guys actually? One thing I want I was looking for it yesterday or a couple days before, but you guys were selling like some cool some cool merch. Um, is that still available at all? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I haven't checked the merch store lately but yeah we uh if you go to retaliators uh dot com i think if you just google retaliators.com the site should come up or retaliatorsmovie.com um, retaliatorsmovie.com mm -hmm. sorry yeah the, uh, we've got a bunch of merch on there i don't know if i'm allowed to announce it yet but there uh we have merch dropping in a very large chain that is in every mall that oh, topic. Yeah, cool. you would, you would so, call uh, it uh, two, two <laughs> words um, and we're subject. dropping yeah, yeah who could guess what that's gonna be yeah. that's exciting i'm not gonna anchor blue but... anchor blue it's gonna be everywhere in anchor blue yeah. crazy. dude old navy old all the navy. way <laughs> <laughs> fucking a <laughs> it's going live yeah we're really really psyched that deal just got done and uh right before um, we're ramping up a lot of this stuff, getting into going into Halloween season to get oh, everything perfect. kind of ramped up again. Sure. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be in brick and mortar stores coming up soon here, which is like oh, crazy, yeah. crazy. 
crazy. Yeah. Well, what's dude, the best, I mean, real I... quick, what's the best like uh, a format? Is it just DVD if you're selling like an actual physical copy of your movie? Is it VHS, still DVD? Uh, Blu-ray. Blu-ray Blu would be yeah. V well, you look in my where I live here, it's VHS. Yeah, um, yeah Blu-ray's the the format for sure. If you're going to go physical, mm. uh, we're in. Uh, might as well drop all of our. I sound like a plug machine, but yeah, we're do it, in, do it. We're in Best Buys everywhere too, brick and mortar. So um, uh, the Blu-ray is in. Uh, I think all Best Buys and selling well in there. Uh, so yeah. Sure. Yeah, I would think that uh, Retaliators is a type of movie that a lot of uh, the cult horror collectors would want a physical copy of that. If you take you look even look at the logo when we're, we're talking about how you know there's going to be merch in other stores soon, uh, I think that punk rock would totally take that and run with it, dude. And the Retaliators logo itself super metal a, yeah it yeah. should yeah it's no it's totally... got a real vibe to it it's really cool yeah Thanks, man. Um, yeah that's uh, awesome to hear uh i mean nothing we'd love more for sure definitely um, and shout out to uh jody real quick jody's up in the <laughs> chat right now we got the, the full the sibling situation <laughs> oh boy, there we go right now i'll put her out of context Jody's one of the strongest <laughs> women we know personally. That's true. Jody's Love you, Jody. Yeah. I, live with jo I live with Jody for four or five years, and she's basically, I mean, Carrie, Jody were basically my non-blood brothers and sisters growing up. I mean, mm -hmm. even Darren, I haven't seen you in so long. Hearing you talk again, I see like, I'm like, oh, it's a younger John. <laughs> I, see, I see so much John in you. It's crazy. Like how you even like present sentences and how you, it's like a, it's like a hipper, newer, you know, John that's doing something new and like doing creative stuff. But like, there's so much John in you. It's crazy. John. That's so funny. That's so John, funny. John is our dad for, for the audience. Yeah, John yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I will see pictures of our dad and it is freaky how much we we look alike when we're about this age. Yeah. It's Same with crazy. Jan and Jody. I mean, seeing the yeah. old Jan pictures, I'm like, oh, what? Jody was do the black and white picture. Oh, it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's for like, sure. It's crazy how that happens. Yeah. And then I'll see John in uh my like my kids sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. Especially when, you know, you know, when they're really young, you just like those features really pop and stuff like that. But, yeah. Totally. Uh, enough family stuff. Darren and Jeff, why don't you give us your your pitch of the retaliators? What's the movie about? Um, what's the vibe of the movie? You know, where where did it come from uh when you got guys wrote it? Three questions in one. I didn't realize we were on Charlie Rose here, bro. What the yeah. fuck? We were fucking just hanging, man. <laughs> Getting way, way technical. Yeah, you, you oh, might as well have flipped over a, a three by five index card <laughs> off of the pile right there. I'm all so when you said that Martin Scorsese wasn't no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the Retaliators is definitely a unique film, that is for sure. Um, I mean, what we set out to do was something uh, that we, you know, we knew we were taking a risk in doing it. Um, 
<laughs> for fathers who choke people on the regular nights. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny he says that. I mean, part of, you know, the movie is in part sort of a love letter to, you know, Jeff and I are huge fans of, you know, everything from like the canon film universe, like the Charles Bronson, you know, that sort of 80s cheesy revenge, um, just mm -hmm. that super guilty pleasure um, uh, kind of, you know, uh, revenge movie that's just there for just pure, you know, pure entertainment for entertainment's sake. So it's sort of in part that um, also um, certainly uh, an homage to um, to Evil Dead and, and the, you know, the, the, the homage to Evil Dead is not not subtle and it's not <laughs> not hidden in the movie. That was one of my key points I was going to bring up tonight is that uh, even the the pastor's uh, facial expressions and covered in blood at times, you're like, this is Ash right here. It's <laughs> Ash we, going crazy right now. We had Jeff and yeah. I had like the cool j jumping ahead. You just making me think of it. Um, we had the uh, one of the most amazing experiences. We had so many um, that came out of uh doing this movie is that <clears throat> we got to screen the movie for the um uh for the writer uh one of the evil dead creators so he wrote evil dead 2 he was one of the producers he was right there with sam raimi um oh, wow. and bruce campbell right at the beginning of evil oh. dead he wrote evil dead 2 uh Uh oh. Did we lose Darren? Call nine one one. I I actually I I freeze at those times too because I don't know if it's my okay, internet. Okay, he's back. Or... All right, you froze up a little you, bit. You there. froze up a little bit, but yeah. Oh, so he's like, he's right at the point where you're talking oh, about Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I started um, putting everyone else in full screen. <laughs> so so um, yeah, this is the guy who um uh. He 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 started. Um, and uh, what's that? He started Brazzers. <laughs> listen, that's the chapter where he doesn't like to talk about. So listen, you want to go there now? Fine. That's where he gets his funding. We brought this script so, to Peter North. <laughs> Dude, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're, you're going you're going way deep uh deep dive there whoa deep dive yeah <laughs> Peter yeah. Um, five five that was my favorite so anyway so his name's his name's scott spiegel he he um he uh he not only did he do right evil dead to I, I, he produced it. He, I think he also produced Army of Darkness. He also produced uh, Hostel with Quentin Tarantino, the whole yeah. series of yeah. Hostel movies, and uh, and directed part three. Anyway, we got to screen Retaliators for Scott Spiegel. Scott uh, also has the uh, distinction of uh, Quentin Tarantino when he was 
uh, I guess, very um, broke and up and coming. He slept on his couch. Uh, uh, Scott was like one of those kind of guys. Um, We got to screen the movie for him. And when the Evil Dead homage happens, and again, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, it's not subtle. It happens. You you know, you, right it, when you're watching the movie, it's the kind it feels like the kind of movie where it wouldn't belong in this movie. And that's sort of the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, but when it when it goes full evil dead, uh, Scott, I mean, he jumped to his feet. He's a very excitable guy. He's a very animated guy. Awesome. Awesome guy. And he just started going, holy shit, that's Bruce. <laughs> whoa that is fucking bruce that looks just like bruce whoa and he just started freaking out he loved the movie (laughs) but we didn't even tell him that part was coming he didn't know that the homage was in there right and uh he was really really um touched and and uh because the the real homage is really the evil dead 2 homage that's really the homage not really evil dead 1 it's really 2 which is the one he wrote so uh anyway yeah. And um, that's that's what I get from that too is it is an homage. I didn't feel mm-hmm. any kind of, you know, plagiarism or anything like that. I literally took that that part of the movie as you guys um just yeah, giving your your praise to a a great, you know, gory uh humorous classic that that um still now makes me want to go back and watch that movie (laughs) and and i think that that would be the point of that right you're you're trying to um give praise but also anybody who were to come across your film that didn't know about evil dead and then they start to dive into that that style of cinema and they end up finding the the classics like that and then you end up bringing more fans to the good shit 100 percent, yeah 100 uh, yeah absolutely um and so yeah the idea was to to sort of take like um this sort of mix of of uh of of these sort of genres that we really love and sort of splatter action splatter horror um but really have that be all sort of a kind of a surprise and have that be this sort of left turn that the movie makes. Mm-hmm. And the first part of the movie is really more of like a drama, like a crime drama, mm-hmm. crime thriller. Right. And then it takes like a hard left turn. And, you know, yep. Jeff and I always talk about, you know, we're just really big fans of, we're not really big fans of t- the twist per se. We're, we really love, left turn so whether it's movies like audition you know uh you know from dust till dawn is a really you know more mainstream Mulholland drive hostile is a really good example where you just sort of feel like you're on a certain kind of ride and then you just end up going um in a direction you you don't expect so yeah, we really wanted 20 minutes of hostels yeah. like tits and partying and then all of a sudden you're in this crazy underworld that you had no idea oh, it's the best. existed. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. That's so Can that's you explain, really, so yeah. explain a twist versus a left turn. Like, because uh, uh, it kind of seems like 
making a hard turn is kind of a twist. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as right, not take a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I mean that is a good point. I, I, I mean, I, I try not to get too bogged down on like the definitions here, but like an mm-hmm. example of a twist ending where it's not a really a left turn is um, uh, something like, I guess the sixth sense is like the I was going to say like every M yeah. night movie. No, is every like M a night, twist. Like yeah, the whole right. buildup. Look, so a twist could be the whole buildup for the whole movie. And then it's all, it's all blah at the end. Yeah. Or, but you know, I think, I think left turn refers more to almost like a genre shift. You know, whereas a twist, it's within the genre and you just get some surprise at the end that changes the way you look at everything else in the film that came before it. Whereas a left turn, it's to, it, it's tonal, you know, it's mm-hmm. something very mm-hmm. deep mm-hmm. fabric of the film that mm-hmm. sort of moves into a different direction. Yep. And I love that because it can feel mm-hmm. a little, but it, it's a, it's a, you know, it's tough. It's, it's jarring. Very, it's, it can be, yeah. And it can be too jarring for some people. If you don't so, do it well, it can be off-putting and like, okay, I, I wanted to watch that other movie that was playing for 45 minutes. I I'm not invested in this. What's fun about the reception we actually got for The Retaliators is a lot of people really loved the left turn of it. I mean, I even even some people that weren't that sympathetic to the film, they they if they loved one thing, it was like the left turn. They loved where yeah. we turned into. You know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, we okay. were really, we were pretty proud of that, you know. Um, yeah, I the, would think that it didn't put, it didn't take me out of, out of uh, my mindset enough to where I was totally set off by the left turn. Yeah. You know, and if you watch the trailer, you kind of understand a little bit of what's going to happen. You know. Yeah. 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 And yeah, the way, we ended up. yeah. 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 For for but, sure. The way that the trailer was set up, the this the stuff that happens is at different times than you would think it would happen too. Though. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Another way to look at it too is like with you know, and and some of the best twists. Um, there are some some amazing twists in cinema. I mean, uh, Jeff and I just re rewatched Memento the other day, oh, and. Yeah. Uh, Oh, amazing yeah. twist at the end of that oh, movie. And obviously okay. Sixth Sense is a classic. And, you know, there's just a million examples of, of phenomenal yeah. twists in film and in, in cinema. Um, it, but typically with, with twists, yeah, Jeff kind of already mentioned it, where it's like it usually is like what you've been watching as an audience for a long time now is undone. Or it's like here's this whole other um reality going on that you didn't know was there and it's now being revealed whereas the sort of left turn um as we like to call it is it has nothing to do necessarily with everything that you just just saw it's not mm-hmm. about things being underneath what you just saw the roller coaster now flew off the track and yep it's you're now on another ride. So it, as like Jeff said, the tone yeah. changes, the genre changes. That's what, what shook people with from dust till dawn, you know, because you're, you're watching just a straight up Tarantino crime heist kind of a movie. And then all of a sudden you're in a total full vampire, you know, gory horror film. And that's part of that roller coaster is that you're just thrown into that. 
Totally, yeah. dude. I, I mentioned uh, Mulholland Drive earlier. That's another film that, like, uh, what is it, 30 minutes before it's over, that everything changes, characters yeah. are different now. Like Lynch doesn't playing. give a fuck. He will, <laughs> yeah, Lynch does not <laughs> give a fuck. Right and that's why we love him so much. All day, yeah. But yeah, that that's that would be an example of a left turn, then, correct? Yeah. Where the last 30, 40 minutes, the the plot line has totally exited the the highway that it was on and lost highway. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and moved on. on to uh, a whole different path where you can literally be like, oh, that character is now a whole different character. Yeah. yeah. Different it's about having fun with the with the rules and, right. and and that's what we've been kind of doing and yeah lynch he doesn't he doesn't care about the rules at all mm. he's always that's how he sort of just made his career total respect for the guy cuz he just oh yeah he just goes on his own path in his films and it's they're not for everybody but but for the people who appreciate it they're all for me something it's different yeah, yeah anthony anthony's a huge lynch head uh, oh, man. darren and jeff are you guys into lynch yeah 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 i like both of man and racer head but to be honest i haven't really seen i you know i saw a little bit of dune when i was probably too young and i and then those I, are all great films, but like I love the Racerhead later stuff. You should uh, Racerhead is a good yeah um, example of his in his <laughs> early career. That is a good example of who he is and how he wanted to be at that time. Yeah, dive into his later shit, dude. It gets gets pretty crazy. Real dude. quick, uh, uh, Jan and John are just demanding. They're like, "Fuck, focus." Where's the shout out? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm trying not to wait, wait. To crack up on the side because you guys are in a good now. conversation. But I just I remember the, the I just think of John just saying "fuck focus, dude." What's up with the- That's great. He's, t- he's talking about the cynic album too. It's it's deeper than that, dude. He's he like, dude. music yet, and he's just like, "Fuck uh, your favorite before, man, before, Anthony." Before we, leave, before we leave this topic, another uh, what I consider me and probably Darren too. I think we both agree with this. The classic left turn is uh psycho. Oh yeah. Totally different genre than where it ends up, you know? Um, yeah. The, I mean, uh, probably the best really mainstream example. I'm sure there's probably yeah. another good one to cite out there, yeah. but from a mainstream, uh, yeah, th- th- that's the yeah. ultimate. Like Black I, unless you change protagonists, you change protagonists. Yeah, you, you change, change protagonists. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the way that you guys put it as left turn because I've never heard that before. Because when I think twist, I know exactly what that means. And now mm-hmm. in my head, I think, oh, the twist is when you go one one eighty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. a left turn is when you go ninety. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, um, that's the way of looking at it for sure. Yeah, because like the the twist is like we're gonna. It was all in his head. He's schizophrenic, yeah. you know. And then you're like, okay, sick, yeah. I guess. Well, um, both come with their own risks. I mean, like the risk of the yeah. twist is that you just don't buy it or you don't want to rewatch it again because you're like, I love the movie I watched up to this point. Yeah. And now with this new knowledge at the end or the reveal, it's like, now that's not a movie I like anymore. I don't yeah. like to make sure I like out everything you just saw. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, you're risking a this versus a this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like, sure. oh, fuck this. Or like, oh, that was sick. It's like yeah. you're risking you the whole thing. Well, Jeff. 
I think that's the, a, that's a Roger mm -hmm. Ebert quote, Joel. <laughs> that's the, yeah. two, two fingers up of some kind. Right? Um, uh, Jeff, I remember one of the one of my favorite twists is you uh, you and I and you were like, dude, you haven't seen Fight Club, and then you showed me Fight Club because I had not seen it and I knew nothing about it, oh, and it's, which great. was the perfect way to go into it. And I was like, right. the yeah. fight movie like this like, with the bar of soap and all that. Like, I'm not down. And that's then exactly you were like, no, we should watch cool. it. And we watched it, and that was one of those ones where you get to it is a twist. It is a straight yeah. up twist. Yeah. It's not a left yeah. turn. That no, was a twist. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, Fincher, you got it, dude. You got me. Forever, but that's right. part of the problem too, is that some of these amazing twists, Fight Club being one of them. They're so great that you end up with all of these. Um, <laughs> you end up with all of these sort of <laughs> these copycats. <laughs> you end up with all these copycats. Cat, behave yourself. Uh, you end up with all these kind of copycat twists, oh, and then, yeah. then you get like oh, the yeah. secondary twist movies where now you're Everyone's just screaming, and you know, it's now like, you're just burnt. Crazy. You know, but it's it's like. That's part of it too, is that you go, that's so good. The split personality. It's like if we see another split personality, yeah. I'm gonna fucking jump out. out oh, of like window. identity. I'm, oh, John Cusack. Well, now, yeah. And the, <laughs> uh, the death now, you know? But when it was fresh, that's it was great. You know, it was yeah. Great. No, that that was a that was a great use of it. And then and now for every movie since then, I'm like, well, are they gonna do the the split personality thing they kind of ruined it you know what i mean right. it, got, mm -hmm. it got it got ruined for a generation they could wheel it out another couple of years for the, yeah. the gen z years yeah. you know yeah let like, it let yeah. it get stagnant for a little bit and yeah. then they'll be back. like what club who are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah go ahead anthony that was no good. okay so i want to i want to dig into you guys a little bit and i have really have to pee so i'm gonna yeah, sure. ask this dig question it. and leave the room real quick <laughs> I was going to do a little uh, fucking Ace Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even want to ask what that what the intention was there. Excuse me. Do you have some banana? <laughs> he's offering his he's offering his human toilet for you. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, please don't ever do that ever again. <laughs> Who would like well, to take actually, a now, The question that I want to ask, <laughs> I want to be here for it. So you guys be, <laughs> you guys be dumb dumbs for a little bit while I go pee real quick. <laughs> no, I mean, so real quick. Yeah. Uh, how your butt? How your butt? How your butt? When you know when Ace Ventura, when when Jim Carrey did that scene, Wait, his did butt. Did we watch Anthony take a piss? Um. Yeah. Let me yeah, let me okay, scroll to that live footage. Uh, <laughs> is there is there a dump camp? It's a bidet cam. It's a bidet cam, so you get to see only <laughs> a bidet cam. <laughs> a bidet. <laughs> it's a Oh, does he have the new eye bidet? <laughs> yeah, it's new Brazzers bidet. Straight but brown uh, eye the brown yeah. eye—it's <laughs> the brown eye. It's like the fucking the camera <laughs> on the bidet. <laughs> we're just selling. We're just making product products up like as we go. Oh, so, but, <laughs> but no, real quick. One, I mean, one thing yeah. when you did the when you did the Jim Carrey thing. This is a weird thing that's been troubling my childhood. When hey, you I'm first did that, with that man. No, when <laughs> you did the the whole, you know when when Jim Carrey did the butt talk yeah. thing. Yeah. How 
his butt, like when he did that, like it went so he had, like, so much, loose, right? So much. Like he's was, a like, tall guy. He's a very tall guy yeah, with I, a tall butt. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. got a lot. I, of, that I think is. that's all it is. It was like two legs like almost, you know what I mean? Like, like four or five inches in his butt, every movement like this. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. You know, he, he was a man that was committed to his craft, Joel. Joel, and... Joel, did you know it's funny, dude? It's a that's weird probably butt, a dude. thought. That's probably a thought that millions of people have had, and I think you're the only person that I've ever heard voice it. Yeah, no, that is well, you, true. Jeff was close though. Finger. Jeff, you had some inner butt like looseness. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, they look like they look like two potatoes in a sack. (laughs) This isn't the first time me and Joel have met. (laughs) That was the time. Okay. This is the first time outside of a public restroom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. This is good. Oh shit. So uh yeah, so that was my question. All right. Well, good one, Joel. Yeah, good one. So, um, <laughs> but to answer it just clearly, I did. I did notice that, but I did. Yeah, everyone's. Not... I think. I think everyone noticed it. It was like they yeah. did this, and it was like, it's like, what's in? What? Why are you able to do that? I don't know. Like, was, everyone else tries to pretend to do it, and it's like they're all like barely there. Anything moves. Yeah. Oh, that's not funny because it doesn't go all the way in like Jim Carrey's butt did. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the pants though too, dude, because he had those like. He had those yeah. like genie oh. pants on, bro. So he might have oh, been okay. getting a lot of fabric going on. That makes more sense. That's, that's true. That's, you know that's what I mean? True. Yeah. He, you you got to admit that he did have Jeff's a lot of got like some tight. Jeff's got some tight, like uh, sweats on right now. So yeah, I, I got some, I got some booty shorts on. So insightful, Jody. Flabby ass. Jody, I got the flabby ass. Good question. No so. muscle. Wait, who's got the flabby ass, Jody? Yeah. Oh no, mine kind of sags, dude. I need Don't to start, start squatting. <laughs> I know. I need to. Do, I need to do those butt ex- butt exercises or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely. Those white guys need to perk up our booties for sure, dude. Oh yeah, no, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Oh, so Jim Carrey. Right. Talking He's about the uh, throw and the yaw on Jim Carrey's fucking butt cheeks, dude. Just the, 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 <laughs> the action, the depth. Anyway, oh, yeah, you can definitely. Yeah, you're talking about how uh, malleable his ass cheeks are <laughs> yes. in that scene? Yeah. Yes. It's like you can be fine with, with those things, with those cheeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? The way, you know? He's like flapping them. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pee now. All right, get back to Go good questions. Go for it. All right. Dan yeah, and Jeff. This train went way off the tracks with you out of the room, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I started something, or he started something with showing his ass, and then I <laughs> thought of Ace Ventura and then left, and you guys ran with it the whole time I yeah, was gone. Pretty much, I love yeah. that. No, the train doesn't stop. Anthony, uh, you uh, have seen the movie recently. What are your thoughts on The Retaliators, dude? I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, you know, and... and um, Thanks, man. No, I. this is true. So I was thinking about a couple of things that I was going to bring up, and, and gladly you guys got into the Evil Dead thing quite quick. So I was like, okay, there's that one thing that I know that I that 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 light bulb that hit with me while watching it also like dead alive that's another film that came the uh shovel scene that was uh very dead alive to me yeah um 
but I like, and without giving away any, anybody who's watching this, please pause this, listen to it after you watch the movie, because um, you'll just have a much better perspective. But I like the, um, the inner battle that is happening between, uh, well, not between, but with the main character who's a pastor, right? Is he? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The inner battle that he's having. And, and I love, uh, shout out to, I forget his name, but he's from clerks. He's in the, Oh, so in the beginning. Yeah. Brian <laughs> oh Brian yeah. yeah. Brian O'Halloran. Yeah. Okay. So that scene right there gives you a little, um, insight as to how this pastor would deal with conflict right you know and it's the classic turn the other cheek situation you know that a man of god would would take as his path in that situation um and then he's faced with that same exact situation but at a much more extreme level later on where is this a time where he's going to turn the other cheek or is he going right, to step right. out of being a man of God and, and be a, a primal human being right. who's a father. And as a father, I don't know if I can uh, handle things the same way he did at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you, I was, you think you would uh, retaliate? Oh, well, I would definitely, <laughs> I think I would retaliate a lot quicker for sure, you know, or at least try. <laughs> yes, exactly. Jody, that's some primal shit that I was feeling while watching, you know, that's another thing too, is watching a movie like this. You see it from a different lens, depending on who, what kind of person you are, you know? Yeah. So what, what you're talking about right now is like, I can, I just know it, it, this is like, so, uh, music to Jeff and I's ears because this was exactly why we didn't want to, um, pick any sides. You know, I, I really, I think it's such a mistake in, in cinema to, to sort of like judge your your characters and sort of telegraph to the audience you know well here's what here's here's the path you should take this is what we you know this uh, as the writer here's the way to go and here's what you should do um you see that a lot these days um and we were very um strict about uh making sure we were as evenly weighed on looking at both sides of of the that struggle because mm-hmm. we didn't want it to be a cartoon um kind of situation we wanted to take that we event the movie eventually goes into cartoon land and that's what i mean like we kind of save it for we you get that release in the last act of the film but we really wanted for as sustained as long as possible um, there to be that inner struggle as the audience. I, we've had, I, I had people at screenings come up to me and go, Oh, you, you, you bastard. Uh, mm-hmm. and I go, what, what, what? And it, I think of myself as a pacifist and this movie made me really confront, you know, 
shit that I didn't want to think about and, and really wrestle. And like, you know, and that's, you know, we're not the movie again, we're not trying to start turn pacifists into, um, into people, into, you know, you know, people who turn to violence as you see from the film without giving things away. Mm -hmm. Um, pastor ends up making surprisingly surprisingly uh you know i don't want to give stuff away but <laughs> you know he, he makes choices that um are mostly in line with his 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 uh his principles but right. that doesn't mean consequences aren't still uh, exactly. there and, and 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 all that stuff so yep um <clears throat> it's awesome to hear you talk about it you know i love yeah, love hearing yeah, that. To kind of no, echo what you were saying oh, there. Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just, it, it had me thinking of the fact that we didn't want to give any answers to the moral dilemmas set up in the film. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, we kind of leave that up for the audience to, to figure out, you know, on their own, whatever mm -hmm. experiences they bring to it, they're going to walk away, think, you know, hopefully it's a movie that has people talking at the end of it. Like, what would you do if, you know, one of your children, uh, you know, had something really horrible happen to them, you right. know, and you, and you had an opportunity to release, you know, uh, take vengeance, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, I think what, what, what I really enjoy about the moral dilemma of it is it's one that you, I think it's one that isn't too difficult to maybe think through in the abstract as having an easy answer, maybe, you know, uh, but when you're confronted with it in real life, mm -hmm. it feel you feel overwhelmed by the emotions of the situation. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Or it's almost like the rational part of your mind is is drowning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I I really connected with with that. I really it was really the origin of the film itself was that feeling in both me and Darren and Carrie and our whole family. You know, totally. that's really cool. I mean, like forcing people to have morals. I mean, not force it, but they have morals and you're forcing them to like, be like, all right, well, this happened. What do you like? Yeah. How do you react? That's like, how, how do your morals, do they change or not? Are you going to make the right decision for this person or what, what are you going to? It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a really like cool a, critically thinking movie. Yeah, it's like a real life philosophy test right yeah you know? like jeff you could talk learn from it well that's why i love what jeff that's what i love about jeff what he said about it, sparking conversation like that that's the the intention is is yeah i mean there's nothing better you know when a movie jeff and i watch a lot of movies uh and a lot of movies together and there's nothing better than when a movie's over and we can sit and just dissect it or it makes us think or we sort of or get in an argument or get into a philosophical discussion or get into i mean you can go down yeah. so many different paths some movies end and it's like well that sucked or that's okay mm -hmm. you know or what you know and again when things are sort of handed to you um mm -hmm. and you're not really asked to to kind of step into the care you know we like to treat the audience like adults and say, look, you know, here's, here's these different sides, you know, let your imagination and your mind kind of run wild uh, while we hopefully entertain you, you know, uh, along the way. Right. 
yeah. yeah, Jeff certainly has his roots in philosophy. That's for sure. Jeff, you, you should yeah. brag a little bit. Yeah. Well, I don't know about brag, but yeah, yeah. No, I <laughs> studied philosophy in college and got my mm -hmm. my uh, master's in philosophy. So I, 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 it's funny getting into screenwriting. It felt more like, you know, I heard this great Charlie Kaufman quote once where he said, you know, a lot of writers, it's like, oh, I'm a this, but I write movies. I'm a this, I'm a that, but I write movies. And uh, I, for me, sometimes it feels like I'm a philosopher who also writes, who writes movies. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, I'm a musician, but, and, and I write movies. Mm -hmm. So yeah, certainly the philosophy, uh, you know, if it, it, I, it's the connection's still pretty abstract though because I, it's not like we have it, we don't treat a movie like a seminar necessarily either you know what i mean it's not yeah. like you know we, philosophy can be a little boring <laughs> to the, you know, to, the <laughs> to those uninitiated but it does give you an appreciation certainly of dilemmas and wanting to right. keep those alive in a work of art rather than just quashing it with like okay here's my thesis Here's what I think is right, and we're going to argue for that in this movie. This is the right choice to make. You know, that would be a a, a terrible use of philosophy and, and making a movie. I think, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the way I use it is just more in terms of, uh, you know, keeping the dilemmas alive. I think that's actually a pretty accurate. right. That's actually a great thing because anybody left asking themselves or asking other people questions after a movie is what keeps it alive at least for one person you know that like there's there's the nerds out there that that are like me who like to pick apart something like i'm hearing reversed <laughs> I was gonna make a joke like who's, truck, who's mom's backing, backing up right now? Flash right now. Yeah, who's, got, who's got the dump truck backing in the room? I'm, Jeff, I'm all... why, don't you, why don't you stand up and show it off again, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a hundred. That, that is a hundred percent timing. Me. If Jeff just got back up, and back up that is a hundred percent me. You know what? I gotta, I gotta go uh, use the restroom as well. So I'm gonna hey. mute myself. Well, guys, <laughs> guys, guys, I'm getting swatted. I'm just gonna. Just gonna <laughs> I'm all getting fucking shot. Yeah. I just squatted you, bro. Sorry, dude. <laughs> you squatted us earlier. Was that was good. Yeah. I squatted uh, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys are getting squatted. <laughs> I don't even remember where I was going with that, dude. I, I was just talking about questions, right? Just like, oh, that's what keeps it alive. Oh, right, you right, know? Yeah. That's Absolutely. what keeps, yeah, like, keeps you wanting to come back and maybe uh, unanswered questions. You might be able to answer them again on the second watch, you know, and then if yeah. it's not, then it's the third watch. And then it's mm -hmm. maybe on the second or third watch, more questions are opened up, you know, and then it just mm -hmm. becomes this like thing, this rabbit hole. You're just digging yourself down and you end up being a super the retaliators fan like dude <laughs> telling all your buddies like you gotta watch this one you know yeah Hell but yeah. yeah that that's so I, when we talk about you guys as screenwriters and as a team we got to know the backstory about that because i want to know when you guys started writing together and and was it one of you before the other or you know what maybe uh some other screen plays that you've written that might have come 
into like shorts or indie films growing up like when did also, this all start want, for you guys i want you guys to add into this too because i know that you know darren i know you was like a brilliant musician you do all these cool things and stuff but when you decided to get involved with screenwriting um just maybe you know could be someone listening one day um how did you get the like the opportunity to to what what's the best way for someone that has written a script or something to send it and maybe get it seen possibly you know i know yeah. it's a it's a definitely like a throwing a dart with a blindfold on totally. you know but yeah. but the thing is like how did you get that as well for sure well well jeff yeah jeff and i it's so funny we we grew uh, gr uh growing up we made i mean the most ridiculous uh short films like uh, you could ever imagine i mean uh i mean like uh, lord knows what we were thinking uh but we would make these little movies to make each other laugh and we would get our friends to be in them and write mm -hmm. these ridiculous scripts and and play ridiculous characters and um and truly do them do this for no other reason than to make ourselves cry laughing and, and which we, we did often. And, and so, you know, we always had, uh, you know, and I was in the industry a little bit, we played music together, always huge, huge cinephiles. And, um, it was something I, I mean, we always sort of fantasized about do, doing, but I think it always felt like this thing very far away that we would never actually do. Um, but it was certainly something we always, you know, kind of would talk about every now and then. And, you know, <clears throat> it was just out of the blue six years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, literally just, I had this kind of, profound uh i don't know just insightful moment of like you know what i i, I don't want to i don't let's not i don't want to tell anybody just want to call jeff see if he's down i'm gonna buy a book and learn how to write screenplays see if he's down to do it and i called him and just said hey bro do you want to just do that you know we've always talked about writing a script you want to just do it let's not tell anybody let's just do it and he was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And so we, uh, I said, okay, well, let's, let's, uh, uh, I, I, th I read an article that what, what sort of gave me the light bulb was I read this article that said that I just stumbled on it. And it said something like, here are these three things that you need to have done to, uh, or to do to, to, to become a, a good screenwriter. And one of the things was it said well you need to you know i remember one of the things was well you need to have uh you need to really love movies and watch a lot of movies and speak that language and i'm like well i that's ridiculous no-brainer for me and for jeff i mean we our whole life has been about you know uh, besides music it's been about film still check. and um yeah. at check yeah and then mm. uh one of the things was, and it says, and it was like, here's what most people don't do. You need to read uh, as many screenplays as you possibly can. Read hundreds if you can. Mm -hmm. uh, understand the language. Understand what works, what doesn't work, what a good screenplay is, what a bad screenplay is. Well, I had done that. I had grown right. up 
growing up, uh, I did acting for about 10 years and I auditioned a ton and I read, God knows, endless, endless scripts. And 99.9% of those scripts were mediocre to bad. You know, it's just like anything else. It's great art is rare. Um, so I know, and I, and I had this flash of like, well, I know what a really bad and boring script feels like and reads like, I know what that feels like. And then, so I just had this feeling of like, well, maybe, I don't know. And then it just, it was just this little spark called Jeff. Jeff was, <laughs> thank God he was just like, yes, totally, totally down. <laughs> we didn't think twice. We just dove into, okay, let's here, let's check out this book. I had a, a really good friend of mine. Uh, he also was a big inspiration. He was a screenwriter. Uh, he is still is a screenwriter, a successful one, Jerry Artukovich. And he, uh, he recommended a book. The book was a mind blower. I gave it to Jeff, uh, I told Jeff about it, started reading every book we could watched endless amount of podcasts and, interviews and just dove in. And then, um, I, you know, the retaliators was the first script that we wrote. Um, it, crazy, it, dude. It's totally crazy. We had a couple ideas we were, we played with before the retaliators became the idea, but that was the first actual script we attempted and, uh, and, outlined and wrote and finished. Um, and then it's, and that is, so as far as advice goes, we got so lucky. Um, we were told about, you know, something called the blacklist, which is this, um, um amazing platform that's been around for like 20 years. Um, and it's this place where anybody can submit a screenplay uh, online, it costs money and they're notoriously, you get coverage, you get a review of your screenplay and they're notoriously really, uh, difficult with their scoring. So they notoriously will score you very low. It's hard to get a good score, mm -hmm. but if you get a good score, you end up on their top list. And if you end up on their top list, then you get exposure to people in the industry. Um, so it is very much like you said, it's close your eyes, throw a dart. Um, everybody I talked to said, yeah, you know, getting a script on the top list, it's, you know, it's either impossible or it could, it could take seven, eight scripts before you would get near getting a screenplay right. on there. Yeah. To piggyback mm -hmm. on that, uh, Darren, I did check out the, uh, the blacklist Reddit, <laughs> the, the uh, depressing uh, blacklist <laughs> Reddit posts about like, you know, this, this list is rigged, you know, this yeah, uh, it's yeah. impossible to get anything above a three or what, you know, there's like, really? what well, it's, it's Yo, brutal, yeah. man. It's yeah, brutal. It's, it's, a it's brutal. got a reputation. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> got that reputation. So we sent it in truly and humbly and seriously ready to get torn apart and, ready to just learn okay well here's what we're doing wrong and right and that was the first of seven that they say i'm supposed yeah, to write yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. and so we sent that in and um to our absolute shock 
we got uh, high scores and we ended up on the top list right away. And then very shortly after started getting um, interest and offers uh, and, and meetings. And I mean, so it, you know, absolute insanity uh, of, of how it happened. Um, it, and it was very lucky, you know, um, but, you know, we, we just had a weird front loading with, with how we did it because yeah. we front loaded it with many, many, many years of movie watching obsessively right. and front loaded with many years of reading scripts. And then when it came time to get into the formal learning of sort of the, you know, classical structure and things like that. We took that very seriously. We took it like we were going to college base. I mean, we, we spent easily probably two to three years, even though we were writing uh, the retaliators in that time, we were just constant, constant reading, constant sharing ideas and, um, and yeah, so it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a crazy story, but, uh, uh, that's how it happened. That is a crazy story. I mean, I know I was just, uh, alluding to it while you were saying it, but for your first script as a, a you know, a team and pretty much just as individuals as well for it to get that much traction that quick, um, might make you feel a little, um disin what what's the word i'm looking for uh it, it it's just like a pipe it's like a dream almost like it's not so you you have oh. certain expectations after this situation too where it's like oh i just i wrote a script and now it's a movie so then what do you do after that you know like I'll do, tell you do, why that. I'll tell you why that yeah, didn't, didn't happen. To make another movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you why that didn't happen. Because the part I'm leaving out is when we, yeah, the from right. I forgot we at one point we were um, trying to remember. I used to know the number to the T. I don't remember now. It was something crazy like from when we finished the script, submitted it to selling the script i want to say it was three or four months which is insanity yeah. Yeah. and then we started shooting principal photography from when we finished the script just shy of a year uh Damn. from when we finished the script that is insanity yeah. so That's everything insanity. you're everything you're talking about about the just the absolute pipe dream and living in a different reality where we got an immediate, immediate, um, <laughs> the, the breaks of all time is that weeks into shooting COVID happened. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. Fucking so lockdown, dude. We went from, we were waiting for mass death. You're all sick. Yeah. The last movie yeah. ever made. Maybe. It's all, it's like, oh, uh, real life is a horror movie right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we went from every day truly going, this is a lottery ticket. This is insanity to holy shit. Because of what's going on in the world, our lottery ticket amongst all the other horrible things going on, because it obviously wasn't our number one focus. There was so much other shit going yeah. on in our family right. and jobs and everything else. 
But along with all that shit. But somebody was, took your lottery ticket and put yep. it in a safe that you didn't know the combination yep. to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. yeah. thought it was gonna we were it was gonna be gone. And we thought, uh, here it is. We had the ultimate dream uh happen and this fucking thing amongst all the other uh, other shit that it caused here it, this is yet another thing and it was low on the list compared to real you know the real kind of shit going out there uh, uh you know uh, i i lost people you know uh in, mm -hmm. in the pandemic so i had certainly perspective but it was a heartbreak you know to to have right. middle of the shoot and it's just is this ever going to get finished is it ever going to yeah. get done mm -hmm. Yeah. So by the 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 amount of miracles it took for it to get finished, the it took years because of COVID. Uh, the shoots were insane. The process was insane. The producers were were unbelievable for keeping it going. The cast was incredible for everybody. Michael Lombardi, the star of the movie. The producer, uh, head producer of the film, and he also directed uh, a good portion of the film. The reason people go, why are there so many directors on this film? That's why, because COVID, COVID right. and COVID, the, yeah. this movie was, uh, we lost directors, we lost actors, we had to shoot different coasts. We did whatever it took to get this movie yeah. finished. Um, and it, I mean, when it so weirdly we had to go through such a gauntlet to get it done that front half was just pure cinderella but the last half was <laughs> the like just the uh, just insanity and it ended up with a very very happy ending but coming through mm -hmm. all of that we certainly don't take anything for granted or go oh well it should all just come easy after this because it's right. like that wasn't easy at the end of the day you know it right. still was a lot, you know. Um, but with um, all the trials yeah. and tribulations, you guys made it happen, and it's it's something that's actually very easily accessible to everybody who's listening to this right now. If you, it's also not like an easy account. thing that you guys had, like a oh yeah, we got the thing and blah. blah. It's like now you went through like kind of like a little. You guys sound more like producers support. as well, you know. Like you guys were way as as string as screenwriters. I think that you know your average screenwriter in hollywood probably doesn't push to get their stuff done they're just trying to sell scripts right well right, you right. guys took the you know took it in your hands to make sure that this thing was brought to fruition yeah when we write we write because we want that movie to be made now yeah. we don't now we're not perfect we have written movies since then that we thought could get made <laughs> and uh, mm. ended up being too much money. I mean, it really, it's about fundraising, it right? All about money. We want to make movies that we, we write a movie. The next step is how do we get people to give us money so we can make that movie we just wrote, mm -hmm. you know? And so, but, uh, but we're still very blessed in that area. I mean, there's not a lot we can like talk about, talk about uh, anything that's in development is always kind of touchy that way. But, um, but yeah, I think we're, we're in a really good place right now Very because nice. of retaliators you know and yeah. it's put us in a position to work with some great people and trying to develop uh 
you know, develop more movies and, you know, we're working on one right now, in fact. Jeff, and, uh, Jeff yeah. nailed it and, and I wouldn't change it. And that's, yeah. you know, the next two scripts we wrote, we didn't think about budget. We didn't think about genre per se. We just right. wanted to write the best scripts we could write and grow. And I, I, I truly think, um, think we nailed it to, uh, yeah. both times our scores in the blacklist beat the retaliators twice so we beat it with the next one oh. and then we beat it again Damn. what Sick. we which we're so proud of um yeah. but as jeff pointed out what we learned was oh uh guess we should start thinking about budgets because we're writing <laughs> we weren't writing we weren't writing Armageddon, but we weren't that crazy. We weren't going that crazy, but we were definitely not thinking as producers in today's market where mm -hmm. the reality is um, horror is a very, very uh, horror thriller, very viable market, but the world we're playing in, you know, ideally we want to be within, you know, we want to be within a smaller manageable, much more manageable budget. And we mm -hmm. were sort of tripling that we were sort of tripling yeah. where we want to be not on part. We were again, and I wouldn't change it because I, I feel like those scripts got us to where we're at now, which is we finally said, okay, so now we need to completely, um, put the scope of this in mind and now do the best we can do. And I mean, uh, I, we are so stoked on what we just did and what we just finished a new script and we're in development and uh, knock on wood. We've got some good stuff going on. What's that? Well, teasers, dude. Yeah. I know a, li yeah, I know I a little bit saying, about I'm it. Getting, you're getting me excited because yeah. I enjoyed the retaliators. You're saying this stuff is beating and the retaliators. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, and, dude. and you know, uh, Darren and Jeff, you know, there'll be a, a future time when uh, Galaxy Wars episode one through four are going to be able to get made with the budget that you envision. <laughs> and um, <laughs> when that time comes, we will all be there. I Absolutely. did want to say, <laughs> I, I do want to say, you know, one of the most magical times for me, just going back uh, to the retaliators is uh, going to the AMC in San Jose and going to see it on the big screen, dude. Like yeah, that was absolutely dude. unbelievable. What Hell a surreal yeah. moment for you. I gotta say, like, my I bros are walked into the most corporate gigantic <laughs> movie theaters I've ever seen. It's got a staff of 500. <laughs> and I, just, popcorn. <laughs> I just walk into the retaliators. There's I took a, a million pictures, the marquees and all that. Oh, stuff. Yeah. Dude, it was wild. We did the same. We did the same thing. We went to the. We didn't go to the. Uh, we had friends calling us, going, "Come to this like cool theater in L.A." We're like, "No, we're going to. I want to go to like the dorkiest corporate mall. I want to, you know, I, I want to see this like. Yeah, and that's what we did. We went to this big." fancy shopping center and it was just so yeah, we went, real yeah it was, it was Bella it's, it's like no i want to go see it at the old navy you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you want to go yeah you want to see it where you've seen the most movies in the theater yeah. like what's like okay. you're just whatever go-to spot you know mm. around. it's easy to get to and what's funny you know we we had a limited release though and um uh you know so we were in every movie theater and I remember uh, Darren uh, one night, you know, I'm coming over and we're working and he's like, I got, you know, I got the list of theaters we're going to be opening in, in California. 
and and you know around the country too but i was you know so we were going through all the names and he's getting to california and i'm like okay i wonder if dude if they get bellaterra in huntington beach i'm gonna shit my pants and literally <laughs> there were I, there were like three or four theaters in all of orange maybe two or three in orange county and one of them was bellaterra in uh huntington nice. beach. and i was like oh my gosh so i knew that was going to be surreal and it totally was i mean when you're yeah it almost yeah it was really really bizarre like it was a limited release from, but yeah well, it's like where but, your inspiration came from as like a you know getting into movies and stuff you're you're watching movies as, as a kid you get to see your own movie on that screen yeah it's it, like, it's like Jesus. yeah so some amazing. of the most important moments yeah. of my life have been sitting in a chair in a movie theater and mm -hmm. I, I know that goes for darren too and it's weird thinking you know you think of that as just almost an unreachable arena to express yourself mm -hmm. creative you know um and so yeah to get to just that moment whether anyone else is in there or it's making any money none yeah. of that matters it's just that you're on that screen people have paid you know however many people they paid their ticket to come in and spend an hour and a half with you and you know to see what you know we, we cooked up for them you know and that that's just that's the part that just still if i really reflect on it still still gets to me you know it was all worth it at that point you know i ended yeah. up bringing it a, but yeah i ended up bringing a whole crew with me um <laughs> uh because of course and uh family like we kind of care of caravaned over there and the people that i had in the car uh because i was like i'll just dd you know you guys have fun we're just gonna go yeah. and th everyone was so confused they're like did you so they <laughs> your brother your brothers wrote the oh jesus oh, <laughs> he's all so are you are you the vampire in the movie <laughs> 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 oh, carrie's no. drinking some moonshine right now but that's super cool though like just you know getting... while we wait oh yeah go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Just, yeah, I, I had one queued up i was gonna ask these guys real quick so yeah. <clears throat> you had that whole ex whole experience you went into the theater you had the uh, <laughs> oh shit! My the movie is not only done now. Here's an I'm part of an audience that came to pay to watch this thing in a you know corporate theater in a fucking shopping mall or whatever. And you're like feeling this, so you watch it. And I'm sure that wasn't your first time watching it. Obviously, you've watched it many no. times right. through the whole editing process and everything. Um, my question to you guys was <clears throat> of the screenplay, how much was cut out for the movie and was there parts of the story that you wish stayed in the movie? We, you know, this is an area where for us to complain in this department, we would be um be i mean we are so lucky in this department my favorite story ever is uh uh brett easton ellis telling the story of his first first movie he got made was uh less than zero i think it was in like 1989 um uh and he, he did the story he tells is he you know and it was this huge uh i think it was like a big 20th century fox movie and had andrew mccarthy and it, you know big uh, robert downey jr big stars of the dip brat pack it was still kind of a brat pack moment and he walked out of the movie with his friend 
And his friend goes, uh, he goes, so what did you think? And he goes, well, not one scene I wrote in the whole thing was in the movie. Not mm -hmm. one line I wrote was in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. The only thing that was the same was the character's names and the title. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember yeah. reading that and going, whoa, like it can yeah. be that bad, right? right? I mean, it can be yeah. that. Final extreme. cut can totally gut you. You know, yeah. I mean, you could have directors page. just take a vision of of your work and just do completely different things. So there are, if anything, you know, there's yeah, there's probably look. Jeff and I would probably nitpick and say there's a couple scenes that you know, oh, I wish we didn't have this one moment, or I wish we got this one moment back in. But the reality is. 99, 99% of every line of every scene is, is in the film. You know, one really? of the things we couldn't control was the tone, you know, and there was some tonal things that, you know, um, you know, that, that, that directors bring to the table. So credit goes to the, to the directors for achieving the tones that they got. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're, we would be beyond foolish to complain because as, as first time writers uh, being producers and, and having the involvement we did with the edit and, and we had such a strong partnership with, uh, Michael Lombardi, um, again, who was running the show and, and we were very in lockstep with him. So, I mean, we would quibble over little things, but I mean, it would be, it was down to like. I really want that one word. And, you know, I mean, we were getting yeah. down to that kind of stuff and we would always have to remind ourselves when we would, you know, we won a lot of battles, but we'd lose a battle and we'd have to look at each other and go, dude, we have, we are so lucky. Right. Uh, so let's just have perspective and not trip, you know, that truly is another rarity uh, on top of you guys, you know, taking off as fast as you guys did for that amount Oh, to crazy. stay in there. It, it is not common at all. No, no. And, and that's kind of another main question that I had for you guys is the writers of this thing. I wanted to know how much of your vision really got put on film, you know, because there could be, you know, I say as far little, as little ties, tie ins here and there. And I'm not saying any specifics. You kind of yeah. just gave me the perfect answer with what you just said. Yeah, the just, vision you know. ended up slightly different. Uh, and I'm not saying worse, just uh, worse or better per se, just slightly different. But again, as far as the content, the content is, like I said, like 98, 99% ours. Yes. So, you know, um, yeah, there were some tonal changes and just little shifts and little things. Um, but at the end of the day, it, um, it, it could, it ultimately contributed to, I think the, the, what works about the film. So I think ultimately, you know, ultimately it, it just works. I don't know, Jeff, do you have any, any thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, well, I think you put it really well. I mean, I think there's a, you know, as you know, I, I don't know where this quote originates from, but I, I, I like it. And it's, you know, a film gets written 
three times really um you know it's written by the screenwriter it's written by the director and then it's written by the editor so already we knew as just being writers um not directing the film uh, and not editing it we were not going to see whatever vision we had for it exactly you know as closely as it possibly could be um but what's cool about you know about it going through different directors and then uh, through a really uh brilliant editor uh randy bricker um who's worked on a lot of uh, other horror stuff he was really like our vet in the corner that was uh you know making sure that everything got done um mm -hmm. and as best as they could um by the time you come out the other side of all this through all these like iterations it's kind of it, in a way it's really fun because mm -hmm. you kind of get someone else's interpretation of your film but when you can still say at the end of the day it feels like the same movie we wrote mm -hmm. that's what was crazy it's like it, it is it, on the one hand it is so different from where we would have probably taken it if we were the ones in the director chair and we were the ones editing it or something like that perhaps it would have been different but um but what we got still feels like the film we wrote mm -hmm. and i think that was like the brett easton ellis you know thing there it, you know the, the quote that darren was bringing up the experience he had and a lot of other writers have it's like oh i wrote a movie and this doesn't feel like the movie i wrote i mean a lot of screenwriters will disown the the film yeah. once they get there you know quentin tarantino famously like disowned uh oliver stone's uh, right killers. Yeah. And I love Natural Born Killers. I mean, I didn't write the damn movie, so what do I care? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure the script's amazing too. You know, uh, but I could, but that's how. That's a very common experience. That's not an unusual experience. What's unusual is like how great you know, obviously Quentin Tarantino is, and how great Oliver Stone is. But what's not unusual is just that you know, you write a movie with a certain vision in mind. A director takes it, runs on, runs their own sort of interpretation of it, and the writer hates it. You know. Mm. And we were just, it's crazy. You know, I feel like we were really blessed being able to get a movie that felt like the one we wrote. I, uh, I really enjoy uh, auteurs for that reason, because they don't have the different people involved. They're just across the board. This is, I'm the director, producer, right. director of photography. I'm everything. I just want to make sure that my vision is just 100% scene and the only way i do that is i i need to be involved in it all you know yeah. right um, um, I, I, yeah I, that was really nothing to add well, well, actually one question i had a uh, so you know you guys talk about writing like you know writing together writing movies or writing scripts and stuff what does that look like are you guys sitting across from each other are you guys having drinks are you guys setting okay. or sending like uh emails back and forth like when yeah. you guys collaborate with a movie, like to some if someone like was like, oh, I have a good idea, and I know this guy would be cool if I work with this guy. Um, how do you guys coordinate all that together, and how do you uh, implement that? Okay, let me let me answer that question by answering a slightly different question. Mm -hmm. The slightly different question, though, will link back to that question. The slightly different question is, if we were to make a movie about the Gear Brothers and we wanted to depict them writing. <laughs> their movie what would it look like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. maybe i wouldn't have 
uh, maybe maybe we won't say how we write all the time, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. One way that we write or is crammed up in a car on our lunch breaks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, going okay. You know, getting El Pollo Loco. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, spilling on ourselves and just making totally. people laugh. Or we're taking a road little road trip, or we're hanging out in actually the room that Darren's in right now. We call that really it's that's like a writer's room, you know. We nice. have like okay. really With awesome tower records fucking chairs. thing in the background. Darren, you can show them around a little bit because that's the writer's yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. room. Yeah, sorry, dude, Mar, you're calling me back to my childhood right now. Camera so here for a second, Mar. Sorry, so wave. Are those Pokemon oh, cards on the wall right there. over there? No, that's garbage fell kids, bro. Oh, oh that's even better, dude. This is the 80s room. Like a Bronson, dude. Yeah. We got the VHS. Um, we got sets, uh, skateboard, Santa Cruz skateboard deck. Oh, Old nice, school. dude! Without telling That's me exactly, because I'm gonna find out later, because I'm yeah. gonna come hang out in that room now. Where are you <laughs> located? Come, come, come right, come right with us, dude. We'll we'll write some sketches, dude. Or something. <laughs> I mean, this is actually no joke. That's actually an avenue that I've wanted to. Cause I am a writer. Like I told you guys yeah, in the beginning and I, I've written stories since I was a child. Um, yeah, I'm actually very great. excited to try and do that. I would love well, to. Yeah. For Anthony, me, I would just love to like interject. I would love to hear stories like what you guys are talking about and just be like, Oh, but that. Yeah. Oh, you want to be, like, the, you want to be the guy. Oh, in the you want to like, add, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, add stuff. I'm a, I want to be a plus, not a minus. Can well, I, can I, can I, I, a key part that I really want to mention of uh, sort of the, the form, I, I would say it really is turning into a formula because we're sort of, we just finished our fourth, mm -hmm. um, is that we spend the first, and this is what's great about having a team, but, uh, I, and I couldn't imagine even doing it another way because it's, it is so nice. The actual writing part, the these being in final draft and writing the screenplay is sort of the, the least amount of time is in that part. Mm -hmm. uh, even when a script takes months and months to write, you know, our last one, I don't know, took maybe six months to write something like that. But for most of that time, we're in a room. It's typically this room and it's vibed as out as hell in here. And we put on, I have a whole, you, I'll show you a record. I have a stacks of uh, vinyl, like. Or is it cannabis it's, friendly in there? Can it's a I tower, tower records. Oh, damn. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Many tower records. yeah. So there's, there's, you know, there's, uh, we, we throw records on, we vibe out and we, we, um, we map out the movie and we sort of, we are very, very big on outlining and spending a lot of time. This is a little bit of a controversial, controversial thing in the writing world. Sort of, do you outline? Should you not outline? And we're definitely big on, we kind of like to have our cake and eat it too. We spend a lot of time outlining uh, we have three or four different methods of outlining. We will go through the movie over and over and over again and sort of make try try to make it better and better and better, more interesting, more conflict. Are you trimming uh, or are trimming, you adding? We're merciless. We're merciless. Yeah, so what it's part of our part of I think our our um, one of our strengths is that 
we a no ego uh no yeah. no competition between the two of us That's and huge. then b, and then b uh every character every idea is on the chopping block at all times so no mm. matter what no matter how long we spend on it mm. so you better we, not we have to be ready better not fall in love to no bail on in love yeah yeah <laughs> somebody might get well, severed like well, in you know episode what? nine of any Game of Thrones season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we always yeah. look at it like even when you're throwing, there's, there's no such thing as throwing away. Or rather, I should say we should th rethink about how we think about what happens when you throw yeah. something away. No, you, you, <laughs> you, 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 you throw it in the bammer, you know? Yeah. You throw, you throw it in the bammer, and then <laughs> you lock not, the door. <laughs> yeah, you kind of got this, you know, a, you, that's still your idea, and you can mm -hmm. keep that for something else later. And yeah, a lot of yeah. Time, those things happen you know we we cut there were some really cool ideas for retaliators actually that we just couldn't make work for one reason or another uh and most of those things were decided pretty early on we weren't going to be able to do those sorts of things and we uh, and we kept we put those to the side and said if, if yeah. this ever bring it back out sequel if this ever goes right. to yeah. get mm -hmm. serialized this is these are ideas we could use for that yeah you know? mm -hmm. we, so yeah we, um we i don't want to I kind of want to piggyback on Joel's question a little bit. Like when you guys do outlines, what does that look like? Does is that a is that a whiteboard or is that like um, just mm, a, yeah, a tie, yeah. a, like a notepad on the computer or what 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 is what are we talking about when it's like oh we're going to save this idea for later? What does that even look like? Yeah, you know we, I mean? we have a um, we have we sort of took we sort of took some, and I told you we sort of dove we dove into the very formal classical structure um screenwriting kind of 101 stuff for a few years and what we ended up doing was taking probably three versions of classic ways to outline or different different gurus ways different gurus have taught and then we sort of came up with our own way and mixed them and then we sort of do all of it and so we do a huge cork board with with mm -hmm. with the you know that's as cl classic as it gets with the uh with the, the yarn cards. please oh darn yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh and then we we have versions on computer we have multiple versions on computer we'll go back and forth yeah um what is it 72 70 something scenes and you got a movie that's what they say yeah, we don't break it down. So that's what I was going to say is we like we we so where we have our cake and eat it, too, is we definitely don't map out. So even though we're meticulous about outlining, we don't outline every single moment of the movie. We sort of give it a general kind of um, sometimes it's very specific, sometimes it's not. But then we take the attitude when we're writing that if the muse takes us away, we right. go away. And right. if the character it. is all telling us, yeah, now nah, I know you did all that cute outlining work. <laughs> characters want this, this situation wants this. this. Right. We, we have committed to listening to what, you know, so we're very big on like we've had and that's happened many times where we'll be in the middle and we'll go. One of us will go, dude, I know we did all that work and we did all that, that those puzzle pieces. But this just doesn't feel right like this. Right. They, we want to these 
characters, they're not done fighting or we need to stay in this house or we need to leave this house or we need to, it's just, and, and so we try to really listen. And this is where the argument for should you outline, should you not outline comes from because people think if you outline, you lose the spontaneity and we're just, we just feel like, well, we're just having our cake and eating it too. We, you know, we doing we both. Try to, yeah. Because yeah. when you put in that outline time, when you then get spontaneous, I feel like you sort of have a really good sense of, you know, we just spent three months, four months mapping and road mapping. So even though we're taking different turns, mm-hmm. we know the city, we know, we know the roads. So right. it, yeah. it, it, we have a confidence to uh, because you ultimately may be going to the same place or you may end up in a different place. And it's good to be nimble like that, because when you get notes and you will get a lot and the notes say, yeah, that ending, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's cute. Can you do it totally opposite? Can you just do it? But now do it scary. Can you do it and not do it? so scary can you do it? you've got to be able to jump in and so i feel like we sort of train ourselves and keep ourselves sharp kind of doing it that way so that's a kind of uh so when it comes to the actual writing that's sort of the shortest amount of time because we've done right. so much work that that's Before sort of an afterthought right. we put all that time in and then now it's just dumping it into final draft and then kind of editing and cleaning up and uh yeah. oh yeah we need dialogue so- you mentioned you mentioned the muse and i want to tap into that and i want to actually know jeff's opinion on this with his philosophy and um i i really enjoy that that is such a common thing with creators with with artists with writers that we kind of understand that we're tapping into something that isn't really us at times and it's that flow state situation that gets us there the quickest where ideas just pop into our heads from out of nowhere and to do it as a team and to to feel that you guys are fishing in the same river at the same time um, I know you guys probably have felt that it's the same thing when uh, us people who play in bands, you know, we're in the jam space and we feel like we're on a roller coaster that's just taking us all on the same journey, you know. Um, but I want to know about Jeff and your philosophy background, what you feel about the muse or the unified field or however you want to call it something that is the collective consciousness or something above that where um if you get into the right mindset you become an antenna that can catch these ideas yeah well i mean yeah that's a big question i i don't know i mean yeah, you bring up a few things, and so a few different things come to mind. I mean, when it comes to the muse question, you know, what's funny is I've always thought of the muse as just me and Darren, or Darren, for that matter. You know, mm. when, when we're writing something, I'm trying to entertain Darren, make him laugh, make him go, oh, my God, oh, that's so cool, or 
I'm trying to evince some kind of reaction out of him, have okay. something that really connects to him. And um, uh, I'm sure it's like, likewise, at least in a similar way with Darren, you know, it's like, so it's, it's symbiotic that way. Um, I think a lot of it, I, you know, it's funny. I, I hear, I do hear artists talk about, you know, I mean, some people feel divinely inspired or um, inspired by some kind of universal consciousness. Um, I, I don't, I've never really felt that uh, in any, in creating anything. Maybe some music I felt um, maybe channeling nature itself in some mm -hmm. way, in an, in an ineffable way. Um, but when it comes to making movies, uh, it, I mean, it certainly feels like a miracle by the time we're done after we get the idea going. And by the time we get to the end of it, it's like, wait, how did we do that? That that's, that's crazy. You know? Yeah. But I can, I can trace it back to just what is something that's, I don't know, just, uh, it, it, something that brings me back to that feeling of being a, like a, like a 14 year old hanging out in my big brother's room and he's showing me Charles Bronson movies or something, you know, it's, like, <laughs> ridiculous. it's like, what, what, what's going to tap into that, you know? And um, anything that kind of does that, I feel like is the driving creative force when we're working together, you know? Uh -huh. um, but yeah, no, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought though with the collective unconscious thing. Cause I, I do think certainly when you're trying to write a film, or make a film you are trying to connect to the zeitgeist in a way i mean yeah. maybe, maybe not consciously but unconsciously i mean you're picking out a story that's happening now and you know uh you think it's going to be entertaining for you and you're of this time you can't you know you're not you're not like a timeless person <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> An historical person you're in the you're in the now with everybody else so um you certainly tap into that for sure and and as you know like all storytelling you know if you're like a youngian or something you know you think all all the important elements of storytelling are there in us subconsciously you know on a genetic level when we come you know we come out the womb ready to hear the hero's journey right and so this is all just tapping into that over and over and over again but like the, the why it keeps changing is because well things change over time you know what i mean every new generations pop up every 10 15 years and you know, uh, things just change. Audiences, you know, what they what exactly they want is going to change in each generation. So the the old story goes on. You know, so right. yeah, we, we tap into that. You know, if that if that's there. I have to. I have to kind of. Darren, two, I wanted to ask you the same question. Yeah, I have kind of two ways of looking at it. One is, as far as a flow state goes and tapping into it, um, I have had many many experiences of that um and ones that really um like i never experiences i never forgot like moments um especially when i was very active in writing music uh you know and jeff and i both played in in bands together and uh i did did that for years but i mean i would definitely get um i would have moments of I would be nowhere near a guitar uh, and go, oh shit, I got a song in me right now. Mm -hmm. And I'd have no melody in my head at all. I, I never, I've written, I, I don't even know, hundreds of songs probably. Um, not saying they're all good, but I've written uh, easily hundreds. 
and I've never heard a melody ever in my head. Uh, so it was in your hands, it was in it, your arms waiting to come out. Yeah, that's always how I've looked at it. I don't ever know what's going to come out, but yes, my I can feel my fingers feel a, I got to get my hands on a guitar right now. And so I've had moments of like, I racing home, running to the guitar, sit down, and then a song come out. Uh, the, the, we have, there's a song called Stop Looking at Me on, on our uh, record Jeff and I did song I'm super proud of. Um, that song came out start to end, first chorus, lyrics, totally formed. And so that was one of those moments where I went, well, fuck, I really don't feel like I did that because I, I didn't hear that melody. I didn't hear that riff. Those chords were weird. That was a cool, you know. Uh, I just had that song stuck in my head the other day. Shout out to Hong Kong Six, by the way. That's the band. He's not saying it. Purposely. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dig into. We'll uh, dig into the music. Hong Kong Six on soon. Spotify. Darren, I actually, uh, I actually have a question about your experience there, um, because this is sort of what I was on to as well. Was like, did you experience it as something external to you that was somehow? running through coming into you than running out like or did you experience it as something that was just buried inside mm, good question mm. you know because like i feel it, more the latter when i do that stuff like more like it's buried inside and you're sort of yeah. turning the faucet on i could yeah. tell by your response to the question jeff that you are more of a grounded here person like my how, exposing yourself to the muse means you're exposing yourself to the universe but you're just using darren as a conduit which is right here with you you know you like things right here and and yeah. maybe your ideas are felt as coming from you versus right somewhere right. else yeah so I, I i could say jeff that definitely the way you know the, it, well, and it, what I was going to say, tap, uh, adding to that, um, it happens with, so the version of writing where that happens is Jeff and I pile up a lot of what, what's called log lines, which are sort of, it's a, just a, uh, you know, fancy way of saying movie idea. Um, but ho you hope with a log line, you've got you want to have something in there, some sense of irony, some kind of conflict, something to where the ideal log line is you can write it down, forget about it and pick it up a month, a year later and right. have, and, and either and go, have that same idea. Right. Or either go, this sucks or go, Whoa, this, there's a, there's a movie here. I, I mm -hmm. see this. And so Jeff and I write these constantly and we, we check in with each other constantly. We'll call each other. We'll, when we see each other or I'll just write them down. And there are times similar to that songwriting thing where I will have um, this sort of, um, uh, I, I, where I feel that thing of like, oh, wait, I got to get to a computer because I can, it, it is a weird sensation. It's a sensation of, right. uh, uh, oh, it, it, it's, uh, there's something there. 
and I don't even know what it is per se. So it's the same thing as the guitar riff. You same, have something. You just yeah, have this feeling of getting something out of you. It's a it's a it's a sensation. And then I get on there, and um, uh, you know, Jeff, one of the scripts we wrote, Rodeo Joe. I think I had told you, Jeff, that was where that first monologue came from. That whole first right, thing. Right. It just it was the, the no idea no idea where that came from it was these prisoners talking to each other in prison I, literally no idea where it came from what the it just came out so it, it is a weird thing no one's where, ready for ready, rodeo joe no one is ready for <laughs> where it went from there is oh, yeah. i'm ready for rodeo joe right now we're psyched on that one. that's a good one um oh, yeah. but but uh <laughs> You know, so uh, I do, I did look at it as if you're asking, did it feel like inside ready to bubble out or something coming from somewhere else? It always felt to me like it is coming from somewhere else. Like mm -hmm. I'm channeling it and mm -hmm. it isn't coming from me. And I think only because I don't, uh, when I've read, I've read other songwriters, um, uh, and watch a lot of interviews, you know, oh, I had this melody in my head and I had this, da, 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 I have a, and so when I hear those stories, I feel like, oh, okay, that feels to me in my interpretation, like they, they had that melody, they were cooking or putting it together. And it's just never how I wrote. It always sort of came out in these formed chunks that I just was like, well, where did that come from? And, and, uh, uh, what I wanted to say, the second part about working with Jeff, and this is where it maybe is a little different from jamming, because with jamming, uh, which spent, God knows, years of cumulative years of my life jamming, uh, jamming is about getting on a plane with each other and getting in a, a, a riff a groove, a pocket, um, you know, you get, you, 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 obviously you can start talking about it and start getting intellectual about it, but there's also that sort of when you're just jamming, right. And when you're on that, but writing and writing with Jeff is really what I think is so great. And I would recommend to any writer who is writing with the team or anybody getting feedback or just anything is that I think one of the most beneficial things Jeff and I bring to each other is that Jeff constantly challenges my ideas and I constantly challenge Jeff's ideas. So you right. may think, right. oh, we're brothers. We've grown up on the same movies. We have similar right. tastes. So we just, uh, we, we just are, eat up each other's uh, scientists all yeah. day. And it is, <laughs> well, not, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly putting one another in the bammer is what I'm hearing is you, you, you lock each other away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. idea, dude. Yeah. What, what you're saying, I think, Darren, I think what's the big thing that you're saying is like when a, when a conflicting argument comes like, no, I think this should happen with this. And this is that you guys go like, Ooh, this is fun. This is like a good, a constructive thing we can do. We get to a better place because again we're not going ego we're not fighting for yeah, word. the ego part yeah we're not fighting right. for word count we're not 
there's no egos involved. So we're truly just trying to find the best idea. And what Jeff's talking about, I share with him 100%, which is I want to make Jeff laugh. I want to make him squirm. I want to make him, if I've worked on something, I want to make him scared. I want him to read it and go, dude, I couldn't Ooh. go to sleep. <laughs> right. Or I want him to read it and laugh. Or right. I want him to write. And it's like many times I'll bring him something and he'll go, I don't, yeah, know, yeah. I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really understand where this is at. And that yeah. tells you everything. So it makes me have to go, okay, well, let's, okay, let's talk mm -hmm. about it. What, what is yeah. not connecting here? Why right. wasn't this a slam dunk? And same thing, you know, Jeff will go, hey, you know, I think blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, you know, let's. So that's one big difference. Because if you did that in a jam room, you know, uh, here's an A. You know what? With that A, can you actually, you know, if you did that Very at every point. chord. You would yeah. screw up the flow of a jam. And that's one big difference is that in in, in writing, it really is about, and that's what I mean by we it's spend that long yeah. period of time outlining. We're really beating up all of these beats. We sort of, the love fest yeah. is at that original, what <laughs> right. this idea, what, what that big broad, like, okay, we know where we want to go in this general then once we get into the particulars, it's then it's yeah we're trying to please each other, but it's a it's a it's a task. You know, it's not so, going to be. Sounds easy. like it's so collaborative. You know what I mean? Like in yeah. a way, I, I'm always trying to like relate it back to music because that's yeah. You know, yeah. I don't write. You know, I don't write uh, uh, lyrics and uh, poetry like Anthony. I don't write screenplays. But you uh, write. But I, I you know riffs. you're well, a riff master. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks all fellas. right go, go on uh but uh <laughs> when i think about like what you're talking about like I've, i there's there's so much to say because like uh i don't want to take up too much but it's like when i think about like your that process of like oh it's the written word it's right there you know what i mean like it's it, like it's right there whereas opposed to like when um because i look for the same feedback from band members where i'll be like i'm gonna go present this song and mm -hmm. boy, it better be dialed. It better ha have all the frills and all the stuff inlaid. And then if I don't get the reaction, I just throw it in the bammer and mm -hmm. then it's gone. But uh, like, or I rework it or whatever, but it's not, it, it's not that specific, right? Because it's music. So it's a little bit more like, well, what, you know, does it need to be a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that? I'm not actually sure. It's kind of hard to talk about. But with uh, the writing stuff, especially the way you guys are going at it, where it's like, from start to finish, you guys are just collaborating at Del Taco and at El Pollo Loco and just, you know, yeah. do, doing the whole thing start to finish. And it's like every little every little riff that you guys are going back and forth on is it, it's it's like you guys are so involved in every little piece of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like um, and I feel like there's no hiding behind like, well, dude. You just don't understand because oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you to, you no, look, no, dude, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that yeah. chord progression that comes back around in, in, in the pre-chorus. <laughs> well, so no, like thought, there's none like, of that, right? Yeah, Carrie, so like, and, Jeff, Carrie and Jeff brought, brought up like, uh, I mean, you know, Poyo Loco, like you guys maybe are working on a, a, something and something falls in your lap and then maybe it might be something that could do with the thing or an idea that can come from the, the chicken falling on your lap. You can be like, oh, dude, actually. This is hilarious. Like, let's, let's I was gonna say, this sounds yeah. like the greatest dad joke ever, but like, long, like 
stretched out, you know, like, yeah, and, I, I and guess what I'm getting at, like, Joel, falls out on your lap, and beans and cheeses everywhere. Yeah, yeah, laugh about you're like, oh, dude, we got to put this in somehow, we got to make this work, you we know what I mean? Like, it, those. I got it, one oh, we do that, happens all the time. That happens, yeah. I guess, but we're gonna put it in there, yeah. He scoops into his nachos You can jam though, and like something funny will happen, and you'll be like, "Oh, actually, that sounds kind of cool." Yeah, yeah. The, jam, the jam stuff's a weird one. But what, what yeah. I was gonna say with the writing is like, there's yeah. no amount of bad first act that you're gonna ever go like, "Dude, it, this all this garbage." really pays off when we get to that last chorus yeah i'm telling you you know what i mean like it, that, that doesn't work that way you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's, from, it's, it, it's like no the whole thing's got to be dialed you know what but i mean I, yeah. i'll tell you this i'll yeah. tell you this some of my best ideas i think have come when i i was the least confident about them they hit me strong but then i go to darren and they probably had the biggest prefaces that anything i'd be like hey dude i know this it's gonna sound really <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know why i thought it you know what I mean? I, I don't even know I'm bringing it to you, but yeah, here it yeah. is, and it'll get like a huge reaction out of Darren. And I'll be like, "Oh, actually, it was good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mentioned you like yeah, that. the whole time I was confident about you're it. Worried about I, I usually always really like. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's kind of funny how it works out. There's certain way. times in life, and actually, not I've, being I've, afraid of being. Here's another huge part of it: is just not mm-hmm. don't be afraid of being sounding stupid. Totally. Don't be proud yeah. of. You know, you're gonna just write throw it out there. Just kind of throw, let the universe. Let the yeah. universe figure it out. I mean. You, for yeah. me, like, I was noticing, this is going to sound really dumb, uh, notice my shirt, when I'm, uh, whenever I go pee, whenever, whenever I, I'm piss, pissing, I have, like, this, like, I, I look, everything comes together in my brain, like, oh, this is why this is happening, this and you don't why. write it down, and it's, like, it's, like, really quickly, it's, like, oh, you have to ask this question, or what's, what's going on, like, it's just when I pee and I calm and I just don't, my ego's gone. Yeah, no, they, that's why they say like uh, ideas come to you in the shower. They come yeah, to you in the car. Off. It's whenever yeah. you're d- doing idle things like taking a piss. It's right. like, yep. it, just, it just levels my brain out. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I need to do it like this. And so there's not what a, you're saying is you just need to have Darren in there while you're taking a piss. <laughs> to bounce ideas in, off him. Bounce ideas yeah. off him. I'm in. While you're taking a piss. Yeah. No, it's actually like been a, a big deal for me the last like two or three weeks. When I pee, I'm like, I have all these like, because I'm like very 80, you know, all over the place. My brain's constantly jumping all over the place. And when I yeah. pee, it like calms down. I'm like, oh yeah, that. And I'm like, oh that. That's so sick. Like, wh- why yeah. didn't I do think about this the whole time? And I'm like, why is it always pee? I don't know. <laughs> but like, right now, it's probably just like Chiefs. There's a there's a thing there's a thing I totally stole. I tell I tell Jeff about it all the time. I stole it from hundred uh, percent stole it from um, Stephen King. Uh, oh my a, God! On writing. Is that what you're he about to talk about? Fantastic book on, uh, on writing. We were talking about that, writing, Anthony. Right? What's up, bro? Come on, dude. Yeah, dude. I know. I need to get on the uh, on and, writing and, train, dude. Uh, real quick side yeah. note: when you guys were talking about whether you know with Jeff, whether it comes from like, oh, it feels like something in me that's coming out, or um, with Darren, where it's like I feel like I'm putting a a, a catcher's mitt out, right? And then I just uh, I, I Stephen King in that book lays that second part out so beautifully where he's like i just show up to the type you know the the computer and then i just put put my cigarettes 
nothing but cocaine and Bud Light. Depends on um, yeah, what decade. He's yeah. all. I met Jerry Bruckheimer, and now I'm addicted to cocaine. It's weird. <laughs> um, and then uh, he he's got this he's got this great thing about like I just show up, and uh, one of the things he says is that he writes for the wastebasket, right? Where he's like, I just show up for eight hours a day because he's. Stephen King and he's rich and he can just afford to write all day, but it's like, he's like, I write for the wastebasket of all beats. I mean, the guy, and and then he's like, I just put the, the ethernet out. Ethernet. Ethernet. Get it. Yeah. (laughs) God damn it. And then, uh, I, I just catch whatever is going to come to me. You know what I mean? And, um, that's, that's very cool. Anyway, Darren, well, actually, take it away. Ethernet still works with what you were saying, by the way. Casting a net into the ether, dude. You know? Yeah. I work in IT, so let's not talk about Ethernets right now. Well, no. it's, it's, <laughs> Stephen King is, by the way, a uh, a notorious anti-outliner. So he's one of yes. the... There's a That's lot right. of... Uh, so it, uh, so but, keep in mind, no. with on writing, it's I, it's not like I, I look at every word as, as sacrosanct, but the... It is brilliant and it is so good. Yeah. What I wanted to mention that I totally stole and I use every day. I tried. I tried to use it every day and it works so well. It made me think of Joel with your 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 pissing clarity. <laughs> it, uh, there's all yeah. methamphetamine. I use yeah, it every yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> I just get the best ideas when I when I shoot meth with yeah. heroin. Yeah. It's weird. I just don't understand. Yeah. Screenwriting yeah. yeah. is incredible. Uh, okay. Here's his advice, dude. Coke and iced tea, bro. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, no, he has. He does this thing where he said when he lays down. And I remember when I first read it, I went, Man, that sounds crazy. I don't think I could ever do that. Now I'm addicted to it and I do it every night, like every night. Um, <clears throat> he said when he lays down at night, he closes his eyes and lets his mind wander what story is speaking to him. Mm. and then he watches the story play out and just watches it and so what i try to do to i try to kind of control it by going whatever script we're working on the one we were just working on i every night when i lay down i close my eyes i start at page one and really it's page one of the of the movie and i watch it what page do you fall asleep well, here's the thing. A, it's very calming and and it's very mm-hmm. meditative and I go to sleep really kind of fast actually, but I also very often will have much like we're talking about dialing into the the, the uh, you know, catcher's mid to the universe kind Ethernet. of deal. Yeah. <laughs> I would very often close my eyes and all of a sudden conversations would just appear as if I was watching them in a movie mm-hmm. and I would listen to them. I would get into this kind of zoned out middle, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of middle state mm-hmm. where I'd be watching characters talk and then I'd go and then I would do the, I mixed it with the, I took the Stephen King and I mixed it with the Paul McCartney rule, which the Paul McCartney rule was him and John he t- talked about it was the days before the technology and iPhones, they would write a riff and test and see, do we remember it the next day? And if they mm-hmm. remember the melody and the riff, they knew it was a winner. If they okay. couldn't remember it, they went, okay, on to the next. Cause they never stopped writing. 
And if they woke up and went, oh, this is how it went. It went, bah, 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 bah. that's how they knew. And so I don't even write it down. So if I start having good epiphanies and I start wow. going out, I'll, I'll just loop it a bunch of times and go, oh, that's sick. That, And then I'll wake up in the morning and do a little like, okay, what was I thinking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, there was that conversation. Who was it? Oh, it was. And then I'll go straight, put on coffee, go to the keyboard and sick. copy down what I was watching the night before. And I do that all the time. And I tell, I tell Jeff about it all the time. it's crazy, but I completely stole that from Stephen King. That's cool. Yeah. Cause you can, you can, you can take like an idea that you thought you had and make it a different version of it. Like as a, a game of telephone from you from one day to the <laughs> yeah. other. Yeah. You know? Like True. this is what it was. And like, you actually heard the actual riff like that. That's not even close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, just like whatever your interpretation is the next day of it. Is actually a really cool technique to like, yeah, makes rather than just like you know, doing the old uh, the guy that uh, uh John Tesh doing the um, the NBA on NBC thing, he like, he, oh, yeah, he, he did it and he just, yeah, he does it, he does it, he, he's just still like, he like calls his answering machine, he's just still like, hey, so it's all beep, he like plays it live when he like does the show. He's just all like, oh, so an idea for the NBA and NBC thing is all. And actually, Carrie showed me that, which you went to go for right now. But like, it literally, like, and then just they really jump right in the song. And it's like, it was just a quick thought he had. It was just like, but he like called himself and left the message. And then he wrote the song around it. And it's like the most. Yeah, what Aaron's even talking about is like, all right, I'm laying in bed. I'm going to hear this melody in my head. And if it, but take it and make it something different the next day. He didn't call an answering machine. He didn't fucking write it down or anything like that, you know? But you made a, you made a point to try to remember it like that whole night. You're like, all right, I got it. What's it going to be tomorrow? And then make it something different. That's cool. That's really cool. I like that a lot. And if you Um, do it every night, you, you get, I think if you did it once or twice, it just would, it would sort of melt into your dreams and into your kind of your brain. But I mean, mm-hmm. truly doing it every night, it becomes such a habit that I really am used to checking in the next day and going, all right, what was the, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll know, I knew how effective it became. Cause I would just find myself, Jeff, how often do I say that? Right. Where I'll go yeah. Dude, the other night I was sitting there and then all well, of a sudden almost every right? time you come with an idea. It's like, oh, yeah, I was going to bed and uh, oh, it's cool sleep, brain exercise the movie. And then here's what I saw. You know, what I mean? then yeah, like, that's and cool. Then we tackle it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and it doesn't always mean it's good, but but you get some good. Uh, Absolutely. Get some good stuff. But just speaking to your clarity thing, Joel, because I think it's that same thing. It's like, look, don't take for granted the gift of laying down eyes closed the phone isn't ringing yeah the world for as far as you're concerned to shut yeah. down let yeah. let the clarity happen for you right there you know right well, well the problem is is that uh joel yeah. goes to bed to shane gillis every night you know what i mean <laughs> and, then I, just, and, then I piss, uh, and then i figure out my life no but it's all the same <laughs> thing that we're talking about guys like from darren's perspective versus jeff's perspective it, sure. it's all the same thing well, these are cool In darren's like, world brain you're, brain you're opening yourself up to something and then jeff you're just saying yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna get rid of all the bullshit and let something come out of me right right that like all the filth let's let's get to a point where we get rid of the most amount of filters that we possibly can 
and then just let something erupt, you know? Yeah. And and you, you, somebody brought up something that's very key is distractions or Darren, you were talking about it. Yeah. That's what you get there is like, there's no distractions. No one's, you know, I mean, sometimes something might interrupt it, but for the most part, that's your alone with your thoughts. Yeah. No one's calling you, you know, nothing's pulling you in this direction or that direction. The bills are paid or at least you're not thinking about them. Yeah, exactly. That's the best. I mean, as you guys probably know too, with like recording music, it's the same. It's, or even writing music, it's all vibe, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's, what's great about the the room that Darren's in right now, that the reason, part of the reason why Mm -hmm. that works so well for us writing is it's got a vibe. It's got a vibe of we want to have fun making this I want movie. to feel that vibe yeah. so hard. I, I can't imagine that's the room like Hereditary was written in. Um, <laughs> Aster, of course, you know, the brilliant filmmaker. Yeah. But he, uh, I just don't imagine him in that kind of room because his movies are different. They have a different vibe. So yeah. you bring the vibe of what, however you set it up into the music. Very interesting. I mean, into the movies as well. So Yeah, Hereditary was written in like someone's yeah. attic you know yeah like, that's an attic yeah, yeah. that's an attic room. Hotel room. Out like, box or you know what i mean <laughs> and blowing the like, dust off it's like this beam looks like a light pole what if uh she no yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. though oh, darren your room is really cool because it, it does bring kind of like just looking at the background i have a vibe i have a yeah going to a record store i have a certain yeah, time in my head. i have what i'm gonna look for when i get in that record store like what i'm what I'm looking for, like what aisle I'm going down, like immediately. Is yeah, the shit. I have that well, immediately. It, it, it's cool that cool that you say that too, because like that is something. It's one of the good things about using this room for, for Jeff and I is we will, as we're writing, um, we both have, you know, are pretty encyclopedic in our funky ways of different genres and movies and and different things and what's cool is there's so many movies in here you know god no i mean i don't even know uh hundreds thousand whatever whatever there is in here is there a, a david of- lynch film on vhs around you right now oh you gotta have one yeah let's see uh, you got fire walk with me sitting right there dude ooh, it's always got to be in the background you got elephant man right <laughs> yeah, yeah elephant, elephant man, man is elephant man is oh look at this right behind me what do you got? Right behind me. So here's here's my spiel okay. on Doom. Dune, not Doom. I was gonna ask I you like what's it. your vibe on the new Doom. I, I, I love the new Dune. I actually but... am one of those guys. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to go Dude, watch it. Dude, you need to you need to watch it. It's I know. phenomenal. It is I, know. It is. I need to I need yeah, to step out. Well, this is my thing real quick. David yep. Lynch will not even put his name on anything that has to do with Dune because he didn't get final cut. That was the he last time. He, yeah. That's the last time he didn't get final cut in anything that he's done. Yeah. And it was right. such a horrible experience for him. I personally love the movie because Thank I you. love sci-fi I- and I love that uh, what he did with a lot of the characters in that story but I also need to uh, disassociate myself from being the Lynchian that I am and and actually see it as Frank Herbert's and not David Lynch's because he doesn't even want to put his name on it, but I'm still like, Oh dude, the first Dune, nah, come on. They should have given him a two-parter. You know what I love about that Lynch Dune thing? This is what I really love about it is they found spicy. What's that? Spicy, spicy take, take it. 
spicy <laughs> take and come and do it. This is, this, is, this is what's so wonderful about the, uh, the Lynch Dune is that uh, they found the most batshit crazy director and they gave him a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were just yeah. like, you know what's big right now? Star Wars. So hey, um, David Lynch. Hey, <laughs> uh, we would really like you to make a nice big space opera for us. Yeah. And he was like, I will absolutely do that with the nipple rings and every like. I will absolutely <laughs> nail it. And then he went out and made Dune, which yeah. uh, again, like if you know if 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 his original vision and all that stuff. But I just love that they gave David Lynch a sack of money <laughs> and said, go make a space opera. And yeah, then yeah. he made that. And I know I, uh, it didn't turn out the way he wanted and all that stuff, I but I, I enjoy the, like the behind the scenes, like we just George Lucas. Who's that? Yeah. David Lynch, you know, Let's George David actually, Lynch. Well, not only that, George Lucas actually approached Lynch to do a star Wars. Yeah. Mm. and lynch Holy said shit. no because oh my was, god i wonder which one it was i it think was it's jedi. Return of the jedi bro jedi could you imagine a lynch jedi I, with I palpatine and everything that would have been the, insane or is that george lucas af, I, no it wasn't after dune Oh, Jabba after, the Hutt, no. dude oh that my god eraser head is actually a very very um renowned film amongst the early directors even oh, yeah. stanley kubrick calls that his favorite film and uh george lucas had approached lynch to do the second star wars and lynch looked at it and said this is too much your vision i i True. can't i can't touch this he, right yeah so wait wait did he want him to do uh uh, Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi? I, I'm, I'm now I'm being because I'm not enough a Star Wars fan to really remember that. I just know because he went back to his like teacher in film school to do the second one, which is you know the, that's my favorite, obviously. And then uh, the third film was like an auteur, like a young gun guy. Yeah. Who, so it may Lucas all went, be went buck wild. Uh, for uh, Jedi, the you know who the other person that he made the offer for Jedi hmm. was Cronenberg. No, okay, then that had to have been Lynch too, dude. For sure, yeah. Lucas, Lucas was totally. I mean, Lucas yeah. is out of his mind. What a he was badass! <laughs> I mean, he, he, he was just such a. Uh, well, we hear him speak about movies. The system kind of guy that he was. I'm sure he would have loved. To, yeah, like you said, he had his film teacher do do Empire Strikes Back. So I mean, he yeah. was he was going to be completely. He was down. he was like an um, ultimate nerd. Everyone frames him as Everyone, like this yeah. corporate guy, but he's like yeah, so. Yeah, he's completely, not. Yeah, he's yeah. completely no. not a corporate guy. At least in his, with his taste, he's a total introvert. He's a total yeah. introvert. He's like yeah, he's, he's nerd. You know, yeah. art house films. He loves the art. You know, that that if you hear George Lucas in interviews, it's kind of striking. If you've never, if you think of him yeah. as that corporate guy, because you're like, uh, oh, I mean, I, he, it, you almost get the sense like he's almost ashamed of Star Wars a little bit because he's a like his his other movie buff friends are going to think it's like, you know, 
not he's, cool enough or something. He's like this closet yeah. door. Yeah, he, or apocalypse now enough or something. You know. Yeah, he he and dresses like, like no, 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 George, you, you did you did well, man. <laughs> I mean, you did. Yeah. It's, it's like, bro, dude, it's okay. Or the, you know, kitty movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I heard exactly. that interview call it like a kitty movie and stuff. You know, it's like has a hard time, you know, uh, realizing that his films are just as important as you know, his contemporaries that he, yeah. I, I think even he, musicians though, music, same thing with like, you know, you go and you compliment people enough. They're just like, they kind of go like, yeah. uh, you know, like, uh, it's all right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Totally. You know, what I did was all, it's all good. What I did, but it's like, I mean, besides the 3 million a month that you're getting from Disneyland, also, so was it, was it that good? Or was <laughs> like, you know, it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah. He's like, he's like, look, I don't, I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, but it's like, but you know how it is. It's like the the under the guy who doesn't get talked about a lot in the press. Mm-hmm. Like everyone thinks is a genius. It's like you kind of wish. I'm sure he he must want to be that guy sometimes. You know, like the Brian De Palma or something. You know. Yeah. No, Definitely. because he he was also like in that crowd, right? Like he was in yeah that crowd of those those, those guys. And, yeah. And then he accidentally made like the biggest film of all time. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Accidentally yeah. made like the biggest film of the century. Yeah, no, like like Spielberg like made Jaws, and then Star Wars came along. And Spielberg's like, whatever, dude. You, yeah, you're, you're the sellout now, dude. And then yeah. <laughs> no, that shit is funny. That's funny because yeah, he, he, God Cronenberg, a Cronenberg Return of the Jedi. Or a Lynch Return of the Jedi would have been insanity. Both would have just <laughs> been know. such a. I mean, what a what a movie both of those would have been. I mean, yeah, if we're going to talk. I want to talk to these guys because you guys know films like Jodorowsky's Dune. Like, what have you watched that documentary? Darren you know what, I've, I, I've never. You know what? I've never. Okay. Uh, never. Let me let that. me just give you a little. I, I haven't done an, I haven't done a Dune dive. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> not even that. Not even that. Not even that. Who's done a dune dive? Who's done a dune dive? I've not done a dune dive. Done a dune dive. I've been in so long, I couldn't tell you. But off of a fucking sandworm, just dive into a dune, real quick. Anthony, is there? Anthony, I've seen a little bit of this. Is there anything beyond like? the concept art because the the concept art is incredible. So that the, then, okay, yeah. yeah. Let me let me just give a little synopsis or whatever, a little introduction to Jodorowsky's Dune. Alejandro Jodorowsky, you guys familiar with him? Darren and Jeff. They he did uh, the Holy Mountain. Holy that Mountain, a, yeah. That was a, a famous indie film of the seventies that yep. John Lennon actually put up a million for that movie to be made. And that was based on Alejandro Jodorowsky's earlier film, El Topo. Um, it's a foreign film. He's a Chilean dude who's really into uh, meditation and supernatural shit. And um, anyways, he's a, he's a director. And after the Holy Mountain, um, he deci- he was the one who decided to take frank herbert's dune didn't even read it wow. he's just like i, w- I want to break this out and and read it along and and worked with this guy um oh man i'm forgetting his name now he's very famous artist at the time graphic it, novel it, artist it, it wasn't it's not the mead was it 
No, it starts with an O. His last name starts with an O. Or something. It's not Orpheus. <laughs> something like that. He would go by that, though. Something like... Redmucker? Either way. Or doesn't matter. I'm... Or I'm they they work together later on, but they basically he uh, Jodorowsky opened up the Dune story into this crazy sci-fi psychedelic thing, and him and this graphic novel artist worked together, compiled this gigantic graphic novel, and that's how they presented it to all the production companies in Hollywood. This is this is our screenplay. That's yeah, what it was. Did. It was kind of like a quasi storyboard. Like it was kind of yeah. neat because uh, I've seen like I've seen a little bit of it because it's a li- it's kind of legendary and it's it because is. it's wild. Yeah. It's wild it's looking. Pitch to flip Bible. through this it's thing, pitch yeah, a pitch you know Bible. I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you, you, know? you watch this documentary, and I'm, I'm giving away the whole reason why they did this documentary. It's a really really well done documentary. Um, but it basically shows that since Jodorowsky wasn't a known director at the time, nobody wanted to go with him as the director of the movie. Mm. Um, but they kept those graphic novels and all the big production companies Sick. kept them all. And then they started seeing these ideas the designs in, yeah in all these other sci-fi movies that came oh wow after that up until you know pro uh, when after the documentary came out uh prometheus was one of the biggest ones because hr giger he was uh, uh a part of um jodorowsky's previous work and he was also a part of alien and all that stuff and there's some stuff that that literally they did a comparison. Uh, it's lifted straight out of this graphic novel that wow. Jodorowsky and fuck, I can't fucking remember his name. God damn it, yeah, dude. If you're good at computers, we can figure this out right away. I, 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 all I do <laughs> is Anthony, th- this is the I'll reason everyone's right on strike right now. Okay. <laughs> you cannot remember the yeah. name. Jodorowsky's Dune is the documentary, and you will find a lot more information there than what I'm trying to spew through being very stoned right now. So here's my, here, here's my, here's my follow up question, and maybe we can put Dune to rest after this. So they didn't <laughs> they didn't they didn't want to go. Terry, I, I think we're gonna have to put me to rest after this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. For we'll sure. Start wrapping it up. No, yeah, no. Darren's face. Look at Darren's face. He's. I went too long on Darren. No. Yeah, yeah. You guys. Yeah, you guys. Look over it, boys. Boys, I got. I'll be in bed soon. I'll be in bed soon. Yeah, you got. I got a sandworm pillow, like body pillow that I'm like. Uh, All right, I got a glide path in mind. Maybe eight minutes. No, so I was I was looking Maybe up the, uh, the dude. <laughs> I was looking up Orville. No, no, I, I said Orville. Redmucker. That was my joke. I don't think that's actually something you should. I'm know. gonna look I it up right now. I'll find, I gotta ask this. Carrie, spit it out. And tis the season. Well, Jeff, go, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, Jeff, go ahead. Jeff, is Jeff. it John Mobius Gerard? Mobius. There you go. <laughs> yes. 
And so was uh, uh fucking Ian Orpheus, dude. That's a dope band name, Sick Drummer Magazine. No, they mentioned don't think I didn't see you taking space. Uh, what was the word? space opera? Oh, yeah, they're like, that's a cool band name. I'm like, shout out to Ian, real quick. I'm I always on the band name. That. That. So it's called the Fifth Element, right? Space Opera. I mean, uh, dude, Space Opera is kind of a thick name, dude. It's, well, um, that's that's a power metal. Oh. That's like a that's like a Big space time. power metal okay, band. Let me, let me we'll ask blank you guys, all the stuff out later. So it'll be like, dude, this is a, very, a really good name, dude. <laughs> okay. This is a very metal uh, metal topic. I want to shift to just real quick before we all go to bed. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, because there's nothing more there's nothing more metal than the atomic bomb. I think we can all agree on this. Oh shit! Have you guys seen Oppenheimer? No, I've seen have, Oppenheimer. I... Raise of hands. That's one right. I really. Want That's to see. it. Do you want to know how many times I've seen Oppenheimer? Three. Shit. Seven. Seven. Times, Bro. Oh, seven and by, times. And by Sunday. It will be nine. Whoa. It's going out of IMAX. Um, That's how good uh, it is. Seventy millimeter. No, when so I saw the, yeah, when I saw the, uh, the this like movie the, is a revelation, you guys. I'm, no, I saw the preview for it, and I was like, oh, this must be. They were talking about the things, and I was like, this Oppenheimer. Or, it's all Oppenheimer. Yeah. I was like, called it, and I was like, I need to see this. Like, I, uh, but real. I truly real. wanted to see that film right now. I I work at, in the Bay. My family's up two hours away from me right now um i want to see it with my wife and every time i get up there it's just like ah well that's two hours away from the kids or three hours away from the kids so So one out of ten jeff one out of ten Dude, whoa, 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 whoa! You got you got you got to do a blacklist scale though. Yeah, blacklist scale. You got to be brutal. I'm telling you, it's like asking how oh, wait, do you what's, raise... a, what's another 10? We have to come if, if what is a t- actually sorry. Here's what I'm saying. It's like asking uh, what's how, from a one to ten, what do you rate 2001 Space Odyssey? Uh, like how do you it, it's beyond scale? It's not even it like look, it's scale, like dude. 10, it's like 10 is 2001, zero is a floppenheimer. <laughs> dude, I'm giving Oppenheimer a ten, dude. I'm giving that. Yeah. Okay. Ten. He's a ten oh my god, I'm so excited! I'm gonna see this. Yeah, yeah. I, we, have, we have friends that like went to the <laughs> there, we dude, traveled to San Francisco to see it. Like the exact... wait, wait, wait. Je- Jeff, Jeff. So wait a minute. Would you yeah. call? I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put you on the spot. <sighs> Would okay. you put Sorcerer as a ten? Yeah. Sorcerer? Would you put one, would you put Once Upon yeah. a Time Once in the West time. as a yeah. 10? Yeah, it feels like Once Upon a Time in the West to me, Sorcerer. It's those movies that you go to to keep getting that feeling you can't get from anything else. It's mm-hmm. just there's so something up, in So you're saying it's on that on that plane. To me, so when, when I when, when I think that, of 10 movies, too. it's like a massage parlor. I'm scared. It, it, so, <laughs> What I what's your what's your ten carry the pest? Um, <laughs> he's all, he's all, he's all actually executive. You, you know, 
uh, Steven Seagal in a executive <laughs> decision is is nothing to sneeze at, Jeff. No, Holly Berry was solid. Are we're not degrading Seagal on this podcast, are we? He dies very early on, by the way. I mean, you know, I can jump in. right out of that early. I was um, so I, I'd say it's um, Terminator like 2 comes to mind okay, almost Jeff, immediately. T2, bro. That's uh, my other T, favorite T, film of all time. T2 is my favorite movie. Oh, yeah, that's how to get a real T2 10. T2 comes to mind immediately. That's how to get a real 10 out of Jeff, by the way. It is. That, that really is. is a true 10. So, open 11. It's T2, bro. But you know what? It's interesting that you bring up T2 because... Oh, now he's going to backpedal. He's like, Oppenheimer's no, not, not quite as good I'm not, as T2. I'm adding to it. But... I'm adding to it. Because I look at James Cameron and uh, Chris, I think Christopher Nolan and James Cameron have a lot in common, actually. They do. I think they're, yeah. I think they're both like spectacle directors, you mm -hmm. know, that started in non-spectacle filmmaking. You know, it was Cameron a little more into it because he was still doing action sci-fi an and action and, master though but he's an action he also, master his, his background was special effects right that's like special how he effect. came up yeah. he's like i so, was a truck driver and then i yeah he's a truck driver doing backgrounds you know for fucking <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> but i think but i the only other movie i've seen seven times in the theater or that much was titanic when I was like 10 or 11 I years old. Agree. I didn't That's want to be the movie. first to say it, but and I, I just wanted Titanic, to, I was just to see that away, fucking dude. ship sink. I wanted to be in that ship while it was sinking. Oh, that's man. what I saw it seven times. And that's why I keep seeing Oppenheimer. It's like, I keep wanting to see the Trinity test. I keep wanting to relive that. Like, All right, I'm sold. I, was, I was right there. You know, it, it it's so visceral, dude. So you're saying, I mean, come on. All right. I'm in your I'm in your boat, Anthony. It's it's really hard to do a Very three nice. and a half hour commitment with. I got four. Yeah, guys, four, yeah. Know, yeah. It's no, we're wrapping up right now. Yeah, no. Thank you guys very much for done. coming on. But There's Aaron's what, gonna do another what? speech. It's gonna be another fifteen. Darren wasn't finished with what he was saying. I podcast. I'm gonna meet myself. Let's wrap this up at the pisser, dude. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, but I agree, dude. Hey, let's all piss. You guys are with me. It's like, it's going to be piss. really... <laughs> I pissed in a glass. Stop, Joel. I pissed in a glass. Sorry. Because no, I... Some of there's, that's I have to control piss, all dude. the things. Usually there's other people that can control the camera angles, and I couldn't do I'm it. And I was like, today, I was like... I can I tell. There's Thanks. usually 14 other hosts on this podcast. <laughs> I'm like the wacky one that can be like, oh, cool. I'm going to leave for a while. And I was like, oh, shit. I can't <laughs> hand that off to anyone. I have the to camera follows you right. around the house. I get it. <laughs> you got some jackass shit going on, dude. I can, I can vibe. I'm actually a pretty mellow guy, but the Chiefs lost today, so I'm a little weird today. No, but uh, anyways, uh, that's my Oppenheimer dude, is the Chiefs. Dude, take my whole point take with this is... You're going to feel um, a lot better, bro. It's all gonna I come do want to see Oppenheimer and I want to watch it with my wife. I can't, that doesn't work because I end up getting up, like Darren was saying, I get up there and I just feel the vibes of the yeah. kids. And I'm just like, oh, I got to be around the kids the whole weekend. It's hard. But, it's a long I, hour. I, 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 told, I, I told Jeff, I said, that's a, uh, a non kids having commitment of time that he is oh it is dude <laughs> your adult time hours is cool okay. you can just you can pull it off when you watch it at home the lights will be off and that sound is cranked up dude because it's yeah. a very that's how uh, i gotta watch it's all about the sound home, design and the score dude that that yeah. is it, it, see that's my thing dude. Dude. at all yeah and carrie's I, actually got me really into uh like the score scores of mute 
Like I listen oh to movie God. scores I'm like, all the touch time. Of, he, of he has a mix on Spotify that he sent me, and it, he updates it all the time. And when I'm working, like doing IT stuff, I just throw that on. I just go in flow state, and I'm just easy. Yeah. I, like my brain is completely that, focused. That's mostly what Jeff and I write to is. is yeah. Or we, we I'll try to yeah, curate. I'll try to curate like a, a playlist with the vibes of like what, where we're kind of at. And yeah, it's the, it's the best. A lot of tangerine I, I, dream. I've it's oh, mostly yeah. actually, but I have a distinct memory of listening to actually I'm wearing the shirt right now. Uh, Escape from New York score over and over and over and over again while we were writing our sec our second script. I remember oh, we had yeah. a real tight deadline on it too. So it was like, that would always get me in the mode. John like, Carpenter's great. We've writing a lot of John Carpenter. Yeah. Dude, it's, I, I mean, really music write. is so in, is important in like any feeling in any movie oh, where yeah. there's like, there's certain parts where I'm like, dude, if there was no music here, you wouldn't feel any of this. This would be like a yeah. walk in the park. Well, yeah, you can check it out on YouTube. Ringing. I mean, you can Especially you can watch yeah. scenes on YouTube with the music stripped out, and it's like, it's, man, it's like this weird. Is, yeah. You're like, you, you want to like not watch it. Anymore. Wait, so yeah. you, guys, you guys ever you guys remember that uh, Mick Jagger David Bowie song that they took the they took the music yeah. out? Yeah, they got They're crazy people. It's like. <laughs> well i mean there's like there's like moments in movies that i watch like newer movies and stuff that are like very heavy but i'm like dude if you played a clown song right now we would all be like laughing and like or like sitcoms big bang if you dropped a clown song on this we would all be like high-fiving and laughing oh i love Joel's watching a heart-wrenching death scene and he's like, what if we play clown music right now? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm understanding like the vibe the whole room is feeling. Everyone's like, it was like, if there was no music here, it wouldn't be that sad. It'd be sad. But it yeah, wouldn't be that sad. Right. But I'm like, if you fucking played clown music right now, I just want to see everyone's fucking face during the child dying. Or what are the fuck you're trying to portray? I was no, like, I, I would just want to see. Dying. So, I mean, no, that's the worst thing. I'm trying to think of the worst thing I could think of. But like a really sad scene. If you were to play like a like a funny clown song, I would love to see like, that's like my, I would be like, mm, I would love to see that like in a, a theater of like yeah. people well, like. You know what it reminds me of, Joel? It, I always think this like, I always want to see a movie that's completely dead serious. Not, there is no joke. And then there's just one scene towards the end where like somebody rips a fart or something and then look at each other. That's it's just me. Like, this is for me. That's this the same thing. thing. Yeah. Totally <laughs> deaf for the rest of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, and then right back to it. Yeah. Oh, just really? like a random fart scene in the middle, just like, like, yeah, was like, yeah, and, and like oh, the rest of it's serious, but like you have it's to like, like catch back onto the seriousness after the weird fart thing. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I can get back onto this. <laughs> but you know what? Um, you you can actually totally pull it off. Uh, one one movie, excellent, amazing movie. You guys are gonna know absolutely no score. No Country for Old Men has no. Orchestral oh, score really? to it oh, at all. Speaking of brothers, uh, that's like one of so you can do movies. it. That's like the, that's like the yeah. grind core of fucking. That's another ten for me. That's a ten for me. That's a ten. That's a win. 
no Hans Zimmer in there for you, dude. Along with Fargo, I'll throw Fargo in there, dude. And a great score on Fargo too. Like that's like that's one of the best scores ever. And then like you go to No Country for Old Men, it's like they made a point. They're like, we want no score, dude. That's like there is crushed. There is a true poet. You talk about poetry. There is a poetry to all Coen Brothers dialogue, but there's something Mm -hmm. about No Country. Mm. Every single line is it's the rhythm it's the word choice it's the succinct uh succinct brevity it's the i mean that movie i mean it's like the other side of a quentin tarantino vibe you know what i mean yeah it's like it's so dialogue heavy even burn after reading burn after reading like dude big lebowski i mean it's like one of my the big lebowski uh, yeah like finding things like 20 years dialogue in the scene with javier bardem is in the gas station. Oh, god. the flip the coin. I mean, oh my god. I mean, and that Dude, my, heart, heart, my, my heart very scene. Oh my god. It's like such a an amazing god. like emotionally like oh. all I know what's gonna yeah. happen, and Level I am having an anxiety attack every you know, time. Like, every yeah. time you're just you're you're just like, yeah, you're hanging. And what's his name? The main character? Shigur. Shig- uh, Anton Shigur. Yeah, is that his real name? No, Anthony? um, no, no, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Oh okay, fucking that haircut, dude. That haircut. That haircut. He's all. He's all. He's all. To be scary. I don't know. Haircut. That frightening. I think Joel should go full haircut. No party in the front, uh, no party in the back. Yeah, maybe I already Joel, am. Cohen Brothers <laughs> Joel could come no out right on stage it. with a compression machine and just do like this nail gun. Just... <laughs> yeah. I just imagine you with that haircut. You actually wouldn't that look that bad, Joel. No, the hat though has this like these kind of like bowl cut yeah. things yeah. going on, and now I'm like I'm totally bummed that i took kind my hat well, right next now. next <laughs> time you go up to a I, uh, get... with the, I, I can see it with the headphones he makes each guest clear their life every episode <laughs> holy no, shit no but to me though that that that's like almost my top two performances of all time oh yeah. that movie it's just perfection that movie. I know, I mean, it's like the choices all the way to the end Mm-hmm. without spoiling if anybody has seen i mean just that the way that they choose to end it the way that they choose to end oh my god the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, certain characters. he's all uh, in his shoes dude on the way out man yeah, oh, oh my god, god. he's all um, big lebowski and then and then this <laughs> i'm like the the brothers are like dude oh actually, my god it's so um, good i got these right I was just about to. I I was like, am I gonna bring it up, dude? Am I gonna bring it up? Because it feels like bragging. But I've met Joel. I've met Francis McDermott. They've been to my uh, place of business. I have worked on their their West Coast vehicle many times. Um, Uh, Anthony here owns a a a a prestigious uh, automotive shop. Automotive shop. Repair shop. Yeah. Are they nice or are they? You know what's that? Are they nice or are they nice? Oh, guys? very nice. Francis oh, is very nice. Um, I haven't they haven't been in so uh backstory. We used to uh service a parking 
uh, shuttle bus company that would take people to SFO right near the airport. And uh, so they originally would park there. And then we started working on their vehicles while they would park. It was just their when they're out in California vehicle, you know, they would plant vehicles throughout the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we had thing parked at our shop for several months. And uh, when they finally came to pick it up, they both came into the shop and totally random, uh, totally random for me. Cause I didn't know they were coming that day, but yeah. totally regular people, regular I, I'm not going to say what kind of car they had. Very regular person car. Like they didn't. That's cool, man. Yeah. And, and then that's probably uh, what makes them make those movies is they're very. But Francis walked throughout the whole shop and greeted all of us. And I thought that was super cool. That's you cool. Know? And that was right before she just uh, made her comeback and, and won. Uh, three uh, billboards. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. I forget what she had, what she, what made her uh, win all those awards, but she made her, yeah, it was her comeback, and I was like, that's so crazy that she was just like totally humble and totally cool with us, and then I see her on the Oscars like a couple weeks later or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, wow. dude, this is crazy. <laughs> just yeah. like Darren and Jeff are going to be these people. They are these people. Yeah, like I know. They started their first screenplay jumped up and they're doing bigger things later and i'm and so glad to, to like get, catch you now before you're fucking shitty ass celebrities <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah i think i think that uh darren's always gonna have that room and we're, no I you guys will always, we're always we will, will, I, we will always come back to the cali deaf podcast that is <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you guys if you guys are like humongous you guys just have to come back to this Oh, yeah. like, I, I, think, I think we should do this like once a week, dude. This yeah. is yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We're booked kind of far out, but <laughs> oh, we're I booked. Say that we're in movies and all theaters, past. dude. What? <laughs> no, I was I like, oh, we're, we're booked, dude. dude. We're I'm booked, saying, dude. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Darren. We can't do it. <laughs> It's like we're booked. Sorry, I know you're in like all the theaters around America, but like we're all booked. <laughs> I, I didn't want to come like, off like that. I'm sorry. I, we got I like a, like maybe you get like you know 600 views too, out of this. I get two. We have uh, Spotify. When I you got you guys. Uh, you yeah, guys, no, don't, um, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Anthony, Darren, and Jeff should get together for uh, that. You call it Lynch Minute, and then you do, mm. it's a 10 minute podcast. Lynch. Where um, you guys start talking about Lynch and then it cuts off after 10 minutes, no matter what. <laughs> It'll usually be me in a fucking rant. No, dude, I would right. love that. I, I, yeah. There's so many, Darren, Jeff, you guys are fucking rad. And, and yeah, that was dude, awesome. I really wish we got into your musical past, but that's okay. We can do that's that's another one. That's that's up for a nice part two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and this is, very enjoyable very enjoyable watching the movie and very enjoyable getting to know you guys and knowing your process it, it, it this is exactly what i wanted this episode to be me too that's cool awesome. exactly thanks guys yeah i texted darren right away i was like dude what the fuck like i didn't know it was <laughs> this good I was like, I was like, <laughs> oh, your texts your texts were hilarious yeah and i was like dude can i like get a can i get like a guest ankle next time i'm like i'll do a like just a, a foot in the scene dude yeah uh yeah uh, 
Yes, anchor, man, dude. <laughs> we, uh, we all we will always need people to kill in our movies. That is for sure. Dude, so. me and Tom, dude. <laughs> So rad to be extras in the next one, oh, dude. Yeah. Ah, fuck they yeah, had a blast. The, the, they had a they I mean yeah, the, the No, I'll pay you. I'll pay you like a hundred dollars to like just to do it. I'll pay uh, I'll pay two hundred dollars to stand there and just be like just get, yeah, like, uh, Joel, Joel that's not gonna even cover the craft service table. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. It's not even gonna cover your lunch, dude. No, yeah. dude, you, Joel weird, needs to dude. call a dude that, that catered his engagement party for craft services. Dude. Oh yeah, that was that's pretty ridiculous. Deal. I know. So, Congratulations dude, there, Joel, by the way. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm joining the old, uh, the old, joining the old the, club there, the buddy. The club of, uh, hey, we got things on our fingers. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey there. Oh, nice. Love Hi, I'm committed. How are you doing? Hands. I'm committed too. Yeah. 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 That's, it's fucking Dude. rad. It's cool. It's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm a little late to the party, but, uh, I'm that was glad a great party. my life's been great and it's going to end even better. I'm she's not and Jesus. Through, no, it's gonna end so good. Dude, when you awesome, oh no, dude. she's awesome, dude. No, uh, she watched the movie with me and Carrie, and oh, she was yeah. terrified. She was like, <laughs> she was so was like, fucking dude. into it, you guys. Oh my That's god, awesome. yeah. she was sitting there going like, "What the fuck is going?" Yeah, on? she was. <laughs> no, seriously, it was. She like, was caught by the retaliation. Yeah, yeah. She was. She was fully oh. caught. All right. I'll end it with um because I was kind of described it was described as a grindhouse movie or something like that like kind of like you know woo crazy stuff and I like actually brought me in emotionally and I was like you're bringing me in emotionally with this shit this is like you're not supposed to bring <laughs> yeah. me in emotionally with this this is supposed to be yeah. funny and silly and now oh, I'm invested cool. like I don't like that I don't like that you're doing this to me right now I was like <laughs> <laughs> I was like I want I want all this now I want to watch the rest of it now what the fuck That's how crazy. does this end I mean. It wasn't like no. a you know a grindhouse blood easy next scene. No, was, and it was like I was well, like, yeah, what happens? I, you know? I think we even conceived of it as this too. It's like we wanted to make a grindhouse film, but with like a real heart. Yeah, I felt underneath. that immediately. Yeah, and it does. Yeah, it has a sure. real. It's not. It's nothing's phony about the heart underneath. Totally. It, you know? And you know, you don't necessarily get that out of you know great grand house films you know what i mean so we were, we thought we were doing something uh, you know at least different from maybe the grindhouse films we were watching at the time like that's awesome you know, 10 to midnight i don't know i you know i don't want to disparage that film at all because i love it a lot but if you think about 10 to midnight it's like what's the heart behind that i don't you know mm -hmm. <laughs> no, you, no. I didn't dare to disparage 10 to midnight first of all <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe i'm missing it off the top of my head but well that's not really grindhouse yeah it's not quite grindhouse but say with you guys it's, it's not really grindhouse yeah, no it's not it's a left it. turn dude so not, left, left turn what we learned is the left turn and well politically why is it a left turn i'm just kidding stop again yeah, yeah. yeah on, bro. Hey, bro. Oh, yeah. I'll wear my Bud Light hat today. All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Rock will be proud, brother. You're gonna yeah. hate me. Uh, no, yeah. but it, it, that's what Joel's just saying is what I I mainly wanted to bring to the table was, um, you start to think more than you're really expecting to think when you yeah go you're putting your brain you're putting your brains in Dumbville yeah. and then you get brought into emotionalville kind of like yeah then you're like God damn it. And now okay. you, have, <laughs> you have questions and answers to, that you yourself have to answer, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That's smart. That's very good writing, guys. Have to answer that. Retaliators in stores now. Available all, all on all VOD, also on Amazon Prime. Dude, I want a Retaliator T-shirt. That logo is. Um, I need to get one too. Actually, I'm going to go on the merch store. <laughs> do you guys do? Do you guys do T-shirts? Can I? Yeah, can I get a Retaliator? In the beginning, I brought this up. Yeah, we we've covered this. We're gonna see. We're gonna check yeah. out the merch well, store. Everyone, check out retaliators.movie.com and yeah. uh, see see what's up there. Boom! Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I yeah, love dude. you guys. Let's do this real oh, quick. Yeah. Uh, Battleforgecoffee.com. Calidospodcast.com. Generatorrehearsalstudios.com. Lots of dot coms. Uh, but dude, Darren, Jeff, really killer to meet you, dude. I really want to stay in touch with you guys. You guys are my kind of, kind of people for sure. Um, likewise, likewise. And Carrie, thanks for making this happen, dude. Absolutely. And thanks for being my resident no homie tonight. Thanks dude. guys for coming on. Uh, uh, love you guys. And, uh, yeah. you know what? Um, Cali death will be back. Yes. Next week. Rocking and rolling. Next Maybe. week. This is all. Yes, dudes. That was hey. super cool. Thank you guys yeah. for fucking hanging. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that was yeah, a lot of fun. That was a ton of fun, man. So, Darren, one story I wanted to tell on the on the podcast was what was the the movie with you and RJ? <laughs> there was two. <laughs> there was two. Yeah, which what which one? The it the... was on Carrie's wall. My whole growing up. Shoe oh, right. So that was a movie called Shoe Shine Boys. Shoe Shine Boys. So and, you guys yeah. came to the, the the fireworks one year. You got, uh, I think, yeah. it more, and I was like, had alcohol poisoning, was barfing in the mm. in the toilet, and that's how I met yeah. RJ. I was like, oh, dude, oh shit, or I was like, Orange County, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can hear, hear you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was that was insane. I was like, fuck, because I remember it's the first time in my life that I like got pretty drunk, and then someone was like, oh, here's a joint, dude, and I'm like, oh, a joint. Let me try this. I'm like, oh shit! And just sort of went spiral down as like a high school. That's person. usually how it happens, dude. Yeah, and it was you're already. Or just like, what's up, dude? Can I piss, dude? I was like, oh, Orange County, uh, Darren's in your movie. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, bo- hey, boys! It still says live in the corner. I'm just gonna just gonna oh, point shit. that out. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I, before. <laughs>